Talk Live, talk radio that you control, and 603-283-6160 is the phone number here. That's 603-283-6160. And I just would like to let you know that Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Tired of the ever-inflating U.S. dollar? You can live your life on Dash with bitrefill.com, where you can buy gift cards from big retailers, including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month for this sponsorship. It's easy to get and use Dash. You can learn more at dash.org. That's dash.org. And with you in the studio tonight, well, there are only two of us in the studio tonight. With you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. And nobody. And then remotely. I just dashed in. Oh, yes. Thank you. (laughs) And then remotely. At Mark Edge in Florida. So the first thing I want to tell the audience about is that People, conspiracy theorists, are scared that the world is ending. So I figured... I'm afraid I wasn't scared of this at all. (laughs) Apparently, AT&T is down, and that means the world is ending. AT&T. Didn't know. I didn't have any issues today, and I have AT&T, so... I don't really know. It seemed to be concentrated in some in certain areas. So you heard about this? And yeah, one of the problem or one of the things that concerned people is that one of those areas was uh, Texas. Hmm. And uh, Texas has been in conflict with the federal government of late. And so one of the things that the government will predictably do if and when uh, they decide to kill a whole bunch of Americans is shut down phone service. Hmm. So that's one of the reasons that people are concerned. It could be the first sign of the boogaloo, but it could also be the computer version of the uh, of the uh, Hong Kong flu. Okay, so I was thinking people were saying more like, "Oh, it's a solar flare." I'm j- I'm really tired of the solar flare end of the world <laughs> theories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- actually, my favorite solar flare end of the world theory is that uh, is that uh, basically the variations in climate are driven more by the uh, by different levels of sun activity, yeah. um, and uh, and that therefore the world is not ending. Um. <laughs> Honestly, it's been such a nice winter this winter in New Hampshire. That I really hope that global warming is real. Oh, yeah. By by nice, you mean warm. Yes. (laughs) By nice, I mean 30s. Yeah, and when you think about it, I mean, sure, we would lose some land by the equator. Uh, Some beachfront property would would become, you know, sea lab. More. I have uh, some of that beachfront (laughs) property that you're so cavalierly talking about. Let's get rid of it. But, you know, that that kind of thing happens. What we get in return for that is Alaska and Siberia and all the places that you can't farm now become habitable. Yeah. Alaska uh, would be awesome. It takes away one of my favorite jokes, because I always used to say that it was a tribute to the human spirit that we'd managed to occupy not only the entire habitable surface of the globe, but also Canada. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I saw today that the most expensive property in the world right now is a three hundred million dollar house that is 
literally just on the edge of like a peninsula looking thing in Florida. But we would mm-hmm. we would gain Mark Edge in New Hampshire if all of the beachfront property in Florida melted. I mean, you might. went underwater. I guess it uh-huh. doesn't melt. Well, yeah. And the, the thing is, we're talking about something that might happen over the course of 300 years. So considering that the FBI might drive a tank into my house again tomorrow, I can't worry about 300 years from now. I've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't own a house in Florida. I don't own any houses in the United States. Oh. The concern I have is that anytime the IRS can just say, hey, you owe us money. I recently witnessed a trial where a man that I know very well who did not evade taxes was found guilty of evading taxes four times. And it, I, I have no faith, zero faith in the United States jury system mm-hmm. to protect me from the slings and arrows of evil tax collectors. So, no, I will not own property in the U.S. If I come back to New Hampshire, I will do it by renting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and really renting is the safest way to go. Renting from somebody who's uh, politically popular. You know, mm-hmm. somebody who has pull with the government and, uh, you know, might be able to keep them off, you know, for, or at least keep them from knocking his house down in the process of taking you. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> if you are renting from some super status, then you're at least mm-hmm. safe from the government bombing your house, most likely. Yeah. Unless they just say, oh, yeah, I don't care about that property. You can bomb it. Yeah. And then the feds get permission. I rented from a city councilman when I when I first moved in into Keene. And uh, he would joke with me about how, oh, yeah, every time I come here to fix something, I go home and my wife smells smell like weed. Wow. And uh, (laughs) as long as I lived there, the police never messed with me. Hmm. I'm surprised he didn't care. I don't know. I just like imagine like a landlord being like, it smells like weed on my property. I don't know. Yeah. He knew we were snakes when he picked us up. Hmm. (laughs) He liked money. We have it. That makes sense. And, you know, we were living in, in like... Uh, the closest thing Keen has to offer to a ghetto, except for the place I'm living now. Hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, so I guess he didn't really, he didn't like care if it smelled like weed. It's not like there's some. No, he wanted to get fence. paid every month hmm. on time, and we <laughs> provided that, and he liked us. Nice. Uh, you know, he said. Uh, he said uh, he, he came. I, I accidentally broke a window pane. Hmm. Um, I, I I won't say how because I I'll take the fifth on that. But uh, <laughs> but I accidentally broke a window pane, and uh, and when he was done fixing it, I pulled a lot of money out of my pocket, and I said, "How much do I owe you?" And he said, "I've never had a tenant do that before. I've always had to be like, you need to pay me for this. Hmm. Nobody just pulls out their money and says, "How much do I owe you?'" <laughs> I would hope that's more of the way a libertarian renter would uh, treat, you know, their tenants. I mean, their landlord. Yeah, I mean, we're in in general. I I think that's I think that's the case. There are there are obviously bad apples in every in in every. Uh, what what is it? What is a bad apple spoil? Bunch. Oh, bunch. okay. I was thinking <laughs> bushel or something, but yeah, it's bunch. Oh, yep. But but every bunch has some bad apples in it. Hmm. Um and and some really good apples in it, mostly fair to midland apples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, what I would recommend is no matter who you're rent- renting to or 
renting from is have a good good contract because mm-hmm. ultimately good tr- contracts make good neighbors. I think that's the case, and and it's good to have a capuzo too. Hmm. You know, <laughs> a bodyguard. I, uh, yeah, well, Capuzo was was kind of my security guy. Most of my customers, when I was selling weed, were juggalos. So I I hired the the biggest alpha juggalo that all the other juggalos respected to be my security guy. Is that an ICP lover? I mean, yes. I see. So yeah. ICP is insane, insane clown posse. Yes, the band. Yeah, they're um, they're kind of the modern answer to the Grateful Dead. But oh. but the great thing about hiring modern? this guy like is 2000s. that is that all my customers loved him. So he never had to do anything, and and that's what the Taoists mean when they talk about doing without doing. Wow, nice. <laughs> Sometimes Taoism is like means nothing to me. It goes in my brain and right out the other. But that one actually made mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Well it it takes it it takes a little a little thought and, and it, it can't the, the problem with it is is it can't be uh well the first words of the Tao Te Ching are um of course it was written in Chinese is usually translated as the way which can be spoken is not the true way. Oh I love that. Um That's but I but I Bible. actually it better preserves the pun in the original uh Chinese if you translate it is as the way which can be weighed is not the true way. Nice. Um <laughs> I think that about the well, Bible while you're uh, expounding philosophically, the insane clown posse has Juggalo Weekend starts tomorrow. Uh, they're a natural people. constituency for us, actually. Us libertarians? Yes. I don't. Uh, I don't want to. No, they're not libertarian for the most part. They've it's got. Me out. They've got their own ethic. They can be creepy, but they've got this this myth that runs through the society of Juggalo Island. Okay, and Juggalo Island is someday some rich Juggalo is going to buy himself an island and all the Juggalos are going to go live there and be one big happy family. Now, how happy they would be, I don't know. Um, you know, I have an idea. But, but the thing is, well, I mean, they've... They they they've got their own way of doing things and it works for them. And as a former deadhead, I I can respect that. Sometimes oh the the thing about a community like that is the the solutions they come up with won't necessarily work for everybody. But they don't have to because not everybody wants to live on Juggalo Island in the first place. If you get so, Mark into this band, you're about to fulfill a prophecy. Yeah. So well, basically, their newest album appears the to be one chance what they the have F is a goon to a goblin. Yeah. <laughs> the the one thing that they have, uh, the one chance that they have of having Juggalo Island and having their dream of being free to do it their way is anarchy. Because within anarchy, there can be pockets of whatever system you want there to be. There can be city-states. There can be juggalo islands. There can be, you know, big, big hunks of land with free-range deadheads on, on it, which I wouldn't necessarily want to live there, but I'd, I'd go hear the cover bands on the weekend. You know? Well, that's what we've got now, Rich. We have a system in which other systems exist. Uh, but the the problem is that our system violently oppresses anybody who doesn't conform, and that is 
the the difference like the socialist i i i there, I, I, there was a socialist math professor at the university of michigan and i finally talked him into becoming a libertarian not because he changed his ideals but i convinced him that no socialist government would let him run his commune the way he wanted to run it and we would Hmm. (laughs) nice yeah and and that's the thing that was that was my whole reason uh that that i determined that capitalism had to be the right answer because you can have socialism within capitalism but you can't voluntary socialism, but you yep. can't have capitalism within socialism so because socialism is totalitarian. Let's take down Mark's whole entire thesis and argument that he's been talking about recently. I need your help. Nobody. Because... I haven't heard it. So. So, Mark, basically tell him about how you think that taxation is not theft anymore. Right. Taxation's not theft because it's at... extortion. Fine, extortion's a form of theft, right? Uh, I don't know, technically. I mean, it's ta- it's taking something that doesn't belong to you. Sounds um, like theft. But it sounds like, it sounds very much like theft. Okay. So it's a particular form of theft, mm. is the uh, claim. Mm-hmm. So my claim would be that at some point, when you know how the system works... It no longer is theft. That something happens, right? And then you react to it. And then it happens again. And you react to it. And it happens again. You react. Pretty soon, this is just how life is. Mm -hmm. And our whole lives, taxation's been a thing. Let's talk about income tax to make it easy so we don't move the goalposts on each other. The United States federal government, whether by hook or crook, passes the 16th Amendment, mm-hmm. and we have income tax in this particular polygon on the map. And as long as we choose to stay on that polygon, we are opting into that system. Now, when did we have you, a choice? When do you have a choice? Yeah. Today. I mean, sure, I can go start shooting cops. Well, I wouldn't do that. Well, that's the only way. Because the bottom line is no matter where I go, some government is going to show up and want to take my stuff. And at that point, I either go to prison or die. So... You would agree that less taxation is better than more okay. taxation. Answer right? me this. Say okay. you chained up a woman in your basement and you raped her every day. How long would you have to do that before it wasn't rape anymore? Yeah, Mark. It wouldn't be rape if she could leave. What if she said, right? Mark, like, if she's like, this is my basement! It's mine! Right? And then I come and do whatever weird-ass thing I do, and I show her, here's the deed. This is the price of the basement. (laughs) And she's like, no! No, it's mine! And I say, well, then there's the door, Missy. Mm -hmm. And she says, I'm not leaving. It's you that sucks. 
And I do suck mm-hmm. if I do that kind of thing. Well, true. But you see, what what you're missing out is is some kind of moral equivalent of the Lockean proviso. Uh, do you know what the Lockean proviso is? I read uh, what is Locke's book? Yeah, I'm, the I'm second sorry, treatise on government, which I assume his other book was the first treatise on government, but I haven't <laughs> read that one. Um, but uh, chapter five of the second treatment, uh, second uh, treatise on government, he goes over homesteading rights. Okay, and he says that basically, although the the earth as a whole is the property of all mankind. Okay? It is the right I don't of, know how that works, but all right. Well, basically, uh for for him it was a god thing. For me it's a nature thing. It it comes down to the fact that I have a right to exist. And in and having a right to exist Im- implies that I have a right to exist somewhere because you can't exist nowhere, even if you're nobody. Um, so, so the, and then the other thing is if I did not have a right to a place to exist, someone else would have to have a greater right to every place on earth. And I don't and know how they could prosecute that, that, that offense. It is rightful and, in fact, that the United States owns the entire landmass known as the United States, and I disagree. Um, well, they certainly didn't homestead it, um, but the well, they uh, kind of did, and, and well, no, because they're not a person. Well, That's me, what it comes down to. But so, they are so basically, let me, wait, 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 wait. Let this me tell you a little bit. An accusation has been made. The same person, wait, wait, the same wait. group of people from back then, can't impose something on their children or their children's sure children. They can. No, they can't. So, that, that's never on, been a fact. To contracts. Hold on. Okay. So, we know that groups of people can own things, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we would call a private city. You and I, Bonnie, we could go out and buy a car together. We don't have to be married to do it. We could just buy a car together. And then you have it on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I have it on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday we split it. Uh, did you force and- her into that contract or did she consent to it? I, I'm trying to make okay, an ex- explanation that group ownership exists. And then we could say, look, we're going to give this car to whomever. But you're only allowed to buy gas from Shell. Uh, I think that's one of the gas companies. Yep. And if they take the deal, they have to only buy gas from Shell. Now, that's our right. We didn't have to sell that car, and they didn't have to buy it. So I think this is one of the problems is that uh, deeds, deed writers is what they call that. In the case of a car, it's a title, but whatever. Um, a deed writer will pile up, and people can say a bunch of crazy things. Generally, they don't do that stuff, but that's the, uh, that would be the premise that I would make. Mm. Okay, but well, here's here's my answer to that, and it, um, I I think it's I think it's kind of on the nose. So basically, Locke said that um, that although every every human has has a right to part of the earth, a person nonetheless has the right to appropriate for his own private use a piece of the earth. 
okay? And this is necessary for things like farming. You can't farm if just anybody can go wandering through your fields playing with their flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you have to be so you have to be able to do that. And he said, "Now, how can you justify that?" And his justification was that a man could morally appropriate to his own use a certain amount of land, so long as as much and as good remained for others to do the same. Now, sure. what we've got in the United States is five hundred uh, and. 545 people have claimed ownership of the entire United States. And I'll tell you how I arrived at that mem- uh, that, that number. There's 435 members of Congress. There's one president. There's nine people on the Supreme Court. And there are and 100, 100 senators. senators. Yeah. So that comes to 545. So they claim to own the entire landmass of the United States and all 320 million people who live there. They claim as slaves, as chattel, simply by virtue of their existing in the same country. And I say that is a pile of manure. Okay. I'm glad I didn't have to so, dump you. I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, thank too. goodness he didn't. <laughs> right. So the United States has been in existence for 250 years. Now, I don't know what the period of time is that I don't have to return uh, property to someone who has had it stolen from them. But let's concede that much of the property that exists currently the real estate and that sort of thing has been stolen at some point. As Uh a matter of fact, I've got a gold tooth in my mouth and that gold tooth probably has a a single atom Uh of the gold that was in Solomon's, uh, you know, uh, treasure room. Oh, okay. So, you know, gold doesn't tend to float around and say, I demand my gold. (laughs) Uh, 603-283-6160. If you're um, calling on the phones, um, I'll try to get to your to go screen your calls during the break. Don't go anywhere. More free talk live is coming up. 603-283-6160. This hour of free talk live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org.
Control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number here. That's 603-283-6160. And I would like to thank Milmer, Milimer, not sure exactly how to say that name. Milimer is in Amplifier with us. And that means that Milimer joined the AMPS program at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. And you can visit that link if you'd like to learn more about the Amplifier program. That means that Millenburg is helping to advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. And I would just like to thank them so much for being a member with us. And you can learn more at amps.freetalklive.com. With you tonight on Free Talk Live in the studio, you've got me, Bonnie. Nobody. Wait, I think I had you muted. Ah, that's nobody could hear me. That nobody. Sorry, I <laughs> mixed up which camera you were on. Okay, and we also have remotely. This is a microphone. Yeah. Microphone. <laughs> Mark in Florida. So let's go straight to the phones. I think we have Skeeter on the line. Skeeter in California. What's on your mind? Yeah, Mark's correct on both points. Uh, first, taxation isn't theft. And How you do, do you feel, not Mark? have a right to land. Huh? I, I'd like to take credit for uh, him agreeing with a lot of the arguments. I it has to nothing make. to do with you. Mark wants to be a dictator <laughs> on an island, so he is coming up with his excuses. Mm-hmm. Well, they, the, <laughs> the, 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 Lock, the Lockean proviso allows that. Provided you don't try and claim the whole damn world, hmm. which is what this tiny cabal of masters no. has done. No, that's not what the Lockean proviso uh, says. I think libertarianism translated is that you have to homestead, you have to protect it, which is a valid form of homesteading, which mm-hmm. national defense does. The collect this, it's not a group. Of uh, national people. defense just- only defends the group of slave owners on their slaves. That's what national defense they're means. Not, they're not slave owners when you can leave, right? They give, You can cease that, even. Well, for one thing, if I leave, they don't country. release their claim on me. Hmm. They still claim yeah, the right yeah, to yeah. rob me blind if I leave the country because I've finally had my fill of abuse from that, these rat bastards. No, It's a very good point. I'll address it once Skeeter's off the air. Okay. Uh, Skeeter, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, renunciation relieves you the duty of paying taxes. I have no duty to pay taxes. If if you want me to pay for the murder of a million Iraqis, you need to give me a good reason they need to be killed and why it's in my interest to pay for it. You can't you can't associate yourself with the people that support the system by trading with them. That's what you're doing even though you don't I can trade with anybody I don't I want to trade with and it has absolutely no effect on my moral status. And it doesn't make any sense to act like that is the same thing as signing a contract saying that you will pay money to these people. It's like people act like like you know contracts exist in implicitly they, like that they, nobody yeah, they living in a place well, is implicitly agreeing to things that are very explicit and that's exactly what spooner points out when he says that government is in reality formed by the few and they simply assume the consent of all others when no such consent has been given or even requested 
Mark has given explained the conditions of, of an explicit contract. The rules are known. You're allowed to leave. And, you and go where? Keep accepting the public goods that they provide mm -hmm. by staying here. You acquired whatever land you are on now through the system. The system liberated that land. They protect that land with natural. I don't own the land Why I'm on now. Why did they liberate it? What is that even supposed to mean? The of natural born citizenship. Well, a citizen is someone who owed, who owes. A, uh, a duty of allegiance in return for a duty of protection. Right. And the Supreme Court has ruled repeatedly that the government has no obligation to protect me. No. Therefore, I am not a citizen. Yes. That is actually the case. So if he's going to say that's not the case, what do you have to he say He can to say that? it. He, what do he'll you have just to say be wrong. That, Skeeter? interpretation of that law. They it's not a law. They have a duty to protect you. It's just that you cannot sue. They're not liable for anything that happens to any particular citizen. They don't that's have a duty to actually protect you, Skeeter. If you've ever looked into it at all, the cops do not actually have yes. to act on your behalf. Even if they're watching you get murdered or they have the they ability do. to prevent it, they don't have to do that. And you know what another word for duty is? Liability. Why do you just talk through other people talking, Skeeter? Like, obviously, you're not internalizing anything. You already have a stupid opinion. You're stupid, <laughs> and you don't actually want to change your mind. It's like, do you want to have a conversation, or do you want to yell autistically at us? I do. I just can't. I just can't debate two people at a time when two people are taking two-thirds of the time. That's not fair. It is fair because two <laughs> people taking two-thirds out of three? That seems reasonable. Well, you opted into this system by making a phone call. Right. <laughs> No, but if you guys have intellectual integrity, that's all I'm saying. So you're not going to okay, answer what so, I said about the cops? That is the definition of not having duty to respond to, um, you know, protect you. It's just—it's not that they're not going to protect you. It's that, just that they. It's can't not be that they're not going to either. That happens if they fail to. Not just that. Well, they so far have... they've protected me twice, and both times they did it by throwing me in prison, <laughs> and I can do without any further <laughs> protection from these <laughs> rap bastards. Protecting you. You're taking for granted the fact that you're not in Ukraine's or Taiwan's position where you're shaking your boots, worried about being invaded. And oh, I got invaded yeah, two years ago. They drove ass. a tank into my house. And guess what? The Ukrainians didn't show up to help. Yeah. Because you violated the law set forth that you know are you're breaking. Rightful liberty is unlimited action according to your will, bounded only by the equal rights of others. I do not add within the limits of the law, because the law is often but the tyrant's will, and always so when it violates the rights of the uh, of the individual. And before, wait, Skeeter, wait, before you respond to what he just said, let me tell you, I was never accused yeah. of anything, and I had my, I had the exact same thing happen to me that happened to nobody. My house was invaded. My dog's life was threatened. I had to walk in glass. I was told to go outside naked. Like, if you don't know all that story, you can go to thecrypto6.com. But you could make the stupid argument that's stupid, that nobody, quote, broke the law, and that's why they invaded his house. But what do you have to say to me and Matt Roach? Well, I just made a law saying I can kill you anytime I want to. So you're toast. Yeah, yes. go ahead and respond. Oh, and then can I ask you, Bonnie? In Ankapistan, if I'm living in my mom's basement, can I can I break her rules? Did you not? That's not answering my question. I didn't break a rule. It's an, it's so an, it's analogous, right? No, it's not because I was Am never I? accused of a crime. Do you even know what you're talking about before like making a statement about it? Nobody was accused of crime. Yes. That doesn't make. What, I wasn't accused house. of a crime. I was accused of doing something the banks didn't like.
Yeah, right, but so you could make that dumb argument to nobody, but you'd be wrong. But how the heck can you say it's fine that my house was invaded and my sleep was disrupted and my feet were cut up with glass? I don't know the particulars of what happened. Uh, I was not case, accused of a crime, but I was held for two hours in a, a police cruiser with glass in my feet because they made me walk into glass and put blue, boots on well, that were filled with gla- glass. You can go to the crypto6.com. Well, Maybe you shouldn't make statements sense. about stuff that you don't know what you're talking about. People get their, people get killed in raids that have nothing to do with them. them. What? Like, for instance, you have recourse if they broke constitutional, your constitutional rights. Yeah, you we can, can get, get we can take them to court and be told they're immune. Right. Can you tell me where I can find a lawyer that'll do this, Skeeter? Because I'd love to. So, so I don't know. I don't even know what she's referring to. I don't know what happened. Then you shouldn't talk about it. That's the thing. Like you said, you did already bring it up. No, or you acted like you knew about it. Nobody said that. They invaded his house, and you said... I'm talking about the laws of the nation. I'm not talking about particular. And I'm just telling you, it doesn't have to be particularly about me, but sometimes somebody breaks a law, and somebody who's not involved at all is in that house, and they might even have the wrong address, and the government will invade their house and threaten to kill them, and sometimes actually kill them. Well, well, I think they're liable to some extent, but if you don't like the laws, it's, it's there, right? It's there for you to research and know. Right. If they break laws, mm-hmm. they're liable. They pay so out so basically, slavery is okay so long as you put it in a book. The, and it's not necessarily there for me to know. There's no, nothing written down anywhere that I could have looked up and been like, oh, at any point they can invade my house if they're, they're, you're just stupid. Well, the jury found Ian guilty because he knew the law. That was part yeah. of the whole thing. It's like he knows the law because he's trying to break it. What? Mm. I just, I feel like we're just kind of, um, at this point, we I could call it sadistic equine necrophilia, but that would be beating a dead horse. <laughs> I have nothing else really to uh, say to Skeeter because I feel like he's just, he, he always talks about stuff that he doesn't know what he's talking about, but I feel like Mark had a point he wanted to make about something that Skeeter had to say when he was gone. Thank you. Thank you for the call, Skeeter. Uh, what'd you have to say about it, Mark? <laughs> I guess I should have written that down, uh, Rich. Uh, what, whatever it was that. Oh, I was making the. He was making the point about uh, tax and having to pay outside the United States. I'm not going to defend that. I am. I'm, I'm not. Like there is no defense for the United States government claiming the fruits of the labor of someone who is outside of its jurisdiction. But I will say this. Most governments don't do it. So it's different to say the United States federal government. So like this is sort of one aspect that I would prefer not to argue. Um, I will make this point, though. Income tax on specifically on income, not on interest and dividends, not on capital gains, not on probably other stuff, uh, Social Security. You have to, I think you have to make more than $125,000 per year for a single individual for the income tax to kick in. Oh, good God, no. It's more like 20. No, um, the outside of the United States. Oh. Yeah. So there's a point to be made, but most people don't care because it only affects what they call rich people. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, um, 
Well, I yeah, the people. income tax to me is, is one of the most egregious taxes because basically what it's saying is if you won't pay for us to commit our mass murder sprees, we're going to starve you to death by forbidding you to work or we'll throw you in prison and torture you to death. I don't like it. I, I, that, there's nothing I like about that, that, this. That's I'm like saying you don't like you having an atomic bomb dropped on you. It's just good God. There's no atomic know. bombs falling in Central America, and the ticket is $89, Rich. And yet... I then go down and become the property of another government. Not really. Yeah. Getting to be I mean, I've done it getting a different master doesn't make you less of a slave. Isn't isn't it the case, Mark, that you are still now the property of the Honduran government? It's just that they kind of leave you alone. So who cares? That that's your argument, right? Or is it that it's just a different system altogether, and you're not their property? Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying that. If they leave me alone, it doesn't matter that they leave me alone because they might not right. leave me alone. I, that well, is correct. I'm asking, I'm they asking. might not leave me alone, in which case mm. I could leave. Like if one day the well, United States As soon States as government... somebody tells me they reserve the right to murder me, mm-hmm. there's no guarantee I won't kill them in their sleep to make sure that doesn't happen. Rich, <laughs> I got no problems with revolution. That's the game that government plays. The government got into the business of shooting the last people so that they could take it over. I don't have a problem with it. But you don't have what a problem I'm saying with is, is that some point you opt in by staying. I think that being against violence means that you have no other recourse because I don't want to kill jo- Joe Biden. And so I what am I supposed do, to but- do? I am against violence, even if I would be in the right. It's still violence to me, and I don't want that on my eternal soul's consciousness. I don't want the violence either. I feel the same way. That's why I left. Now, personally, the reason I left was this. I don't want to pay income tax to an organization that is going to drop million-dollar bombs on $10 tents. And... If I go and pay tax in some other place, some other jurisdiction, they might be corrupt and they might be nepotistic, but they're but not they get cheaper just bombs. killing people. Well, <laughs> they, they can't even keep a plane flying, the uh, Honduran military. The you Honduran? don't need one. You can throw bombs by hand. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. The <laughs> Colombian president, he is a murderer, like an actual murderer. Like it's okay. known. That's Every crazy. president is a murderer. <laughs> Barack Obama fired more cruise missiles than all other Peace Prize winners combined. Yeah. <laughs> and George Bush alone was responsible for a million murders in, in, in Iraq. And people can't wrap their mind around what that really means. Well, let's, let's look at it this way. The United States government has about a million and a half jackbooted thugs between police and uh, and soldiers at all levels. There are 320 million Americans, so let's round that down and say that there's one jackbooted thug for every 200 Americans. Okay? That makes them one half of 1% 
Okay, mm-hmm. but this one half of one percent murdered a million people in Iraq alone, which is more people than the entire rest of the population. Ninety nine point five percent will kill over the course of the next 60 years if averages hold. That's frightening. I, I know why they want to take our guns is because we're not using them. That's really creepy <laughs> to think of. It's just like war is obviously just some kind of satanic ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, satanic ritual, like a blood ritual. And they didn't even prosecute that guy. They're prosecuting Trump for getting elected without a license, hmm. who was actually one of the least murderous presidents in my lifetime. I've looked into it. Um, I got a chance to look at the... Uh, sort of like how many bombs were dropped from drones under Trump, and it actually went up oh. under Trump. Now, we don't know if they fell on people, but what Trump did was sort of say, look, I don't want to deal with this. I don't like the killing thing. I'm going to leave it to you generals. And I still think that makes him responsible. Again, mm. If I had to pick between the two crooked old perverts and I sold my vote, for a tax break and i'm happy for it but the uh basically i would take trump you know if i had to make a choice but i just want to make that clear rich Mm. i mean there is a way that you could that that you could have a system very similar to this and all you would have to do is pay the dissenters until they say okay fine Hmm. you know one thing that i think (laughs) of though um on the same subject but different is I don't know that I would call George Bush a murderer for all of those millions. I think that the people who did it are the murderers and he is a disgusting manipulator and a freak. Mm-hmm. George Bush has obviously done something wrong, but I don't know what it is. He didn't personally mm-hmm. murder the people and the people like that, you know, the the military members who went to Iraq are, are murderers. They And the ones that murdered people are murderers. So I just I don't know what I would call George Bush, but I mm-hmm. unless I know that he's murdered well, someone, I don't want to call him a murderer. And it's been this topic on my mind. Recently. Bobby uh, Bobby Searle of the uh, I, I think I'm pronouncing his name right of the uh, Black Panthers made uh, made the comment that a cop is just a gun in the hand of the system. Mm-hmm. So to me, the fact that the weapon George Bush chose was a psychopathic soldier or a psychopathic general or some other nutcase doesn't relieve him of responsibility for the act because he commanded it and he did cause it to happen. A gun couldn't fire on its own. So it is a human being. You can't just take away the freakish uh, military member, psychopath, um, mindless drone. You can't take away his... Um, ability to act on his own like he did that yeah well criminal liability is generally considered and this is true under common law also uh, the words that they use are joint and several okay so basically if you and I moved into an apartment um, which you know obviously not going to happen but in anyway, the ghetto of Keene in the in, second in, in the, most in ghetto the of Keene in the Keene ghetto and we were both on the lease mm-hmm. and we failed to pay the rent um, and we left owing them $2,000. That debt is joint and several. That means that it can be, they could collect $2,000 from one of us, 
maybe one of us has $2,000 and the other one doesn't have anything. Mm -hmm. They could collect $1,000 from each of us. Um, but basically, the, uh, the, the liability exists for both. The fact that I, the fact that I, I consider George Bush to be, uh, to be a murderer or at the very least conspiracy to commit murder, um, mm. might be, might be what he would be charged with. Um, but un, under under the model modern system, but that's effectively charging him charging him with with murder because generally the the penalties for conspiracy to do a thing are the same as the penalties for actually doing that thing. Um, but uh, you know, it's at, at that point you're kind of getting getting into into minutia. So I'm not I'm probably not gonna gonna argue argue that that hard. But even so, the the fact that the the one the 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 one half of one percent that committed more murders than the other ninety nine point five percent will commit in sixty years is the ones they're the ones who say we can't be trusted with firearms. That's frightening. Yeah. Because as as my uh, as my uh, as my Rasta friend used to say, when crazy white people tell you you don't need a gun, you need a gun. Hmm. <laughs> I would definitely agree with that. What, no matter what race they are, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't limit it to just funny that to way, race, yeah. but it's funnier what, the way he says. It. Yeah, <laughs> and from his perspective, I can certainly understand. I mean, if if I'd run into Malcolm X before. Uh, before he went to Mecca and he had his transformation, he, he was still calling white people white devils. Hmm. And, and he'd said, I hate your kind, white devils. I, I would have kind of had to say, well, I can see why you would. Hmm. <laughs> well, um, white devil, Mark, are you going to allow guns if you get full control of your island? Well, I'm never going to get full control of, of this island. It's huh. not even my goal. Okay. However, what I would say is, is that I prefer to live in places where a gun isn't necessary. Hmm. Now, I think every, everybody should have them in their home. And I think that makes for a, basically a militia. But carrying them around while you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt. What is this? Magnum P.I.? Come on, guys. I kind of like it. It makes me feel safe when there's a bunch of people. I like the big mustache that he's got. But that's, uh, that's <laughs> no. See, I I'm a great believer in in open carry, and and it's not the tactic. Tactically, it's not the safest thing to do because the risk in open carry is if somebody's if you're in the bank and you're open carrying and somebody's really dedicated to the proposition he's going to rob that bank right now, uh, then what he does is he walks up behind you and caps you in the back of the head before you know what's going on. Right, that's what scares and me. And then, um, uh, but the thing is, I was willing to take that risk because it was important to me uh, to be an ambassador specifically because our right is under threat. That's one thing I like about the people that open carry. I wouldn't do it because, for one thing, I find myself to... I don't know what to say. It's not airheaded. It's that I am too... Un I'm too distracted. I'm too, like, ADHD to be walking around with a gun at all. So I don't want to walk around with a gun, but I like it when I see people that um, are very well trained and stuff walking around with a gun. Like, it makes me feel safer. And there are definitely, like, blue-haired crazies out there that are... that will freak out and say that they feel unsafe if they see it. Well, that just means you should carry a gun too, lady, you know? 
I one of my favorite experiences when I was open carrying was in Manchester. And I, I, I open carried everywhere I went. I, I carried a 357 on my hip. I, I think one person told me not to come back. And that's how I tease that story. We'll yeah, back. I was going to say you should finish that story. More free talk live coming up. 603-283-6160 is the phone number here. If you would like to get in on the conversation with Mark Nobody and me, Bonnie. 603-283-6160. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. And 603-283-6160 is the phone number. That's 603-283-6160. You can call in with whatever is on your mind. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by ForkFest, happening June 13th through the 16th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. ForkFest is decentralized, so there is no ticket cost and no one is in charge. For more information and to connect with other attendees, you can visit the unofficial website forkfest.party. That's forkfest.party. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. And nobody. And remotely, it's me, Mark Edge. Sorry, I keep saying in the studio only, but I'm used to saying that. It's true. But nobody is in the studio with me, and Mark is in Florida. And we have done a lot of... Talking. Did anybody have something that they left out that they wanted to um, get their point across or anything? Well, I, I basically I wanted to finish off the oh, a story uh, about the gun. Uh, well, okay, yeah, there was there's a story about the gun. So I I walked into the Seven Eleven in Manchester one one time, and and when I got a, went back and got myself a, a Mountain Dew, and uh, and when I got up to the counter, the guy said, "Oh God." I when when you walked in, I saw that gun on your hip, and it really gave me a gave me a start. Hmm. And I said, "Well, if if you want me not to come back, uh, open carrying, uh, if you want me not to come back while you're working, that's an option. Hmm. Um, I, I I take the gun everywhere I go for political reasons, but if you don't want me to come here, that's perfectly understandable." He said, "No, nah, it's okay. It just kind of gave me a start. I just moved up here from Massachusetts." Oh. So I started making a point of going back to that store and uh, and just having a few friendly words with that guy uh, whenever whenever I was in in that that neighborhood and on his shift and uh, you know just just to be a good good ambassador and then one night I walked in it was about three o'clock in the morning 
And and I walked in. He said, God, I wish you were here half an hour ago. Oh. And I said, why is that? And he said, well, like half the Manchester football team was in here, uh, high school football team, was in here trying to buy beer, and I thought it might get ugly, and I was thinking, God, I wish that guy was here as a 357, and I said, and now you understand. Hmm. <laughs> Scary. I, I wouldn't want to have to yeah. deal with that, like a bunch of angry football playing people. Oh, yeah. I, I used to get that all the time when I did convenience stores, because I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, so we'd have these... Uh, college football players who were sometimes, you know, 400 pounds uh, <laughs> coming in and ju- they, they expect you to know who they are and give them free stuff. And it's like, well, actually, I don't give a damn about sports ball. I have no idea who you are. And in my store, you pay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're welcome worse. to take your be- take your business somewhere else. <laughs> it's probably because those boys get uh, all those meals paid for by the college. You know, I mean, they just yeah. get these huge. They get treated uh, like cops. You know, banquets. Like, yeah, day in and day out. I mean, and and it's the the thing that's annoying is it's like a town full of geniuses. Okay, and and what everybody worships is these big bags of meat that can you know take part of a disemboweled pig and run a hundred yards with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's like, wow, we haven't come that far as far as we think we have. <laughs> I never understood the whole football thing. I, I've never had a, a situation where somebody tried to get something for free for being a football player or anything like that, but, or a cop, um, luckily, but I'm so happy I never had to deal with that. Oh, that'd be so annoying. I only worked at one convenience store and the one time there was a guy that turned mm. out to be a cop shopping from me. Lumpy was in there, and he told him, like, why don't you get a uh, actual productive job? <laughs> nice. And it was awesome. I, whenever I see the me. cops now, I say ahoy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> What's that mean? Ahoy. They're pirates. Uh, it's hello in pirate. I see. They're road pirates. That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. Um, it's also, like, Bulgarian or something. It is. Well, they probably yeah. will know it as pirate like me, and like, they might just think that nobody's well, a clever. pirate. And that's what, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually been thinking that, because I'm not a big fan of the Mises Caucus, I've been thinking that it might be a good time to come alongside the pirate, pirate party and say ahoy. Hmm. Um, and uh, and it, it would be interesting to have two libertarian parties, one of which was slightly left libertarian and the other one being slightly right libertarian, but using left libertarian in the true ter- true meaning of the term, which is which is uh, someone who is left on social issues, uh, but does not want to initiate force by having any kind of socialism. I have a really great um, Twitter friend. Her name is Rebecca Blackfire, and she's running for something for LP or, or for LP Florida. That's where she lives, and she's like a really good libertarian, and obviously gets called a leftist by like the Mises people. And sometimes I w- want to say to her, like, why don't you just create your own thing? Like, forget mm-hmm. Libertarian Party, but she's really into that whole thing. And yeah. it would be great if she created her own leftist Libertarian Party. Well, the thing that would be nice would be if we could have have a uh, a Libertarian Party that was sufficiently divided that you didn't have to explain the Mises Caucus to people you were trying to recruit. <laughs> right. But then when it came to elections, uh, maybe they were cooperative enough 
to uh, you know they each come up with their own uh, with their own nominee, and then they have an internal vote, and uh, and whoever whoever wins between their two party candidates, the uh, they they all say, okay, well we'll all give our give our vote to whoever uh, whoever wins the internal vote. So it'd be more or less it would it would almost like be like a composite party. But theirs would just be some Fed who is put into a position to make libertarians mm-hmm. look like conservatives. Well, and and so, that's the thing. That's what that's what having the the divided part um would be good for. But in in the in the in the end, the personality of the nominee is less important because we know he's not going to win. So mm-hmm. for example, Bob Barr uh was like my least favorite uh, to date, uh, libertarian nominee, but yet I voted for him, safe in the knowledge that he would not get elected and do something that I would then be responsible for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. I like the Libertarian Party for that same reason. They give me an option of for whom to vote mm-hmm. that, well, I'm pretty sure isn't going to kill as many people as whoever the Republicans or the Democrats uh, yeah. are going to put up. And, and he won't kill anybody because he won't get elected. In I all mean, he might kill somebody robbing a liquor store, but that's a completely different matter. If the Libertarians, however, picked RFK Jr. this year, you would have a very interesting combination. On one hand, you have the Libertarians who have ballot access in probably 49 states. Sorry, Oklahoma. And... You have RFK Jr., who has really good name recognition as far as voters go. Uh, I think Gary Johnson got low single digits as far as a voting percentage, and nobody knew his name. If RFK Jr. Oh, yeah, I knew his name. You you did. I did. Yeah, nobody knew him. What year was that? Two years. It was in 2016 and 2012. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, because it was the second Ron Paul. Bob Barr. Uh, Wait, I thought 2016 was um, definitely Gary Johnson. 2016 yeah. was was uh, Gary Johnson. Uh, Ron Paul. Isn't that who I said? Yes, it is. Oh, and he did 2012, too? I don't know why I thought we were still yeah. talking about Bob Barr. Sorry. No, uh, Bob Barr was uh, 2008. Oh, okay. Um, and so uh, Ron Paul ran twice as a Republican, though. Uh, as 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 a Republican, but most of the Libertarian Party was out there supporting him in the uh, in the uh, Republican primary and hoping against hope that he would come back and and be our candidate. Hmm. Um, and as a result of which, we were paying no attention. In 2008, and Bob Barr managed to sneak in, uh, which is, I think, the worst candidate in libertarian history, uh, even worse than Bill Weld, who, although I liked Gary Johnson a lot, I didn't like Weld at all. Wasn't he just like a Hillary Clinton lover? Um, well, he did. Uh, he Basically, he said... He did what politicians do. He was a politician is what he was. And the thing is, politicians up until the election of Trump tended to be, uh, I mean, they, they were, they were like, uh, like boxers or, or lawyers. They would go in and they'd fight during the day and then they'd all go get drinks together. Yeah, he said Hillary Clinton night. was a great 
something or other, like she was a great person or... Uh, yeah, and, and, and he did. And they... that's the kind of thing that they say about each other because they're trying to make the point that it's nothing personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was until... Uh, tr- I actually did a Trump meme, amazingly enough. I've never even voted for the guy. I did. But... And unfortunately, it's because uh, of those people talking about how great Hillary Clinton is, I started to be like, what if this is all a psyop? I'm always really, I used to be way more sensitive to everything being a psyop. I was like, what mm -hmm. if Gary Johnson is a psyop? And if I vote for him, then Hillary Clinton's going to win. So, well, basically, my my meme said uh, it was this wanted poster. The top, it says wanted. And uh, at the bottom, it says for getting elected without a license. Second offense. Hmm. You know who is way, way more based in that area? Javier Malay. And I like done, Malay. I like Vivek. He has done, I hate Vivek. Oh, he's so ugly and gross. I, I just like. Yeah, I don't generally sleep with my president, so I don't care. I, um, I am playing 3D chess when I say that, but I also mean it. I think he's ugly. And also I want to encourage more libertarian women to not like him by um, a pretty girl calling him ugly. So like a pretty girl doesn't decide if somebody is hot necessarily based on just their looks. If other pretty girls are calling that guy ugly, they won't date him. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping they won't vote for him. Well, I guess or it's even over. worse. Creepy. What? Even well, at this worse, point, he's creepy. not on the ballot. He's yeah, withdrawn anymore. his candidacy. A- anymore. But I wouldn't be was, surprised I, I if he were ugly. vice president. Oh, that Actually, would be I would be kind of surprised because he's got a lot of charisma. Uh, I mean, to everybody but you. And, Ugh, uh, I hate him. Yeah, see, I, I re- He's a former listener of the show. He requested that um, the Body Freedom Village people get thrown out of Porkfest just because he didn't want to see it. That that mm. just that alone is bad enough. Another thing is just that he's um, obviously a well, snake, and I can just uh, see it through it, and you guys can't. Maj, d- d- Maj did a lot worse than that, and Maj I still Ture. love that guy. Ew, I hate him. I can't pre- I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, but, I don't yeah, know if it's true. No, I, I how love you that guy. It. But the thing is, somebody doesn't have to agree with me on on everything. I I will give if 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 you're fighting for liberty, I'll give you a wide latitude. I don't think he is, though. I think he is just a gross, disgusting person who wants to bomb Mexico and never took that back. And mm-hmm. why? I didn't like that at all. I was I was very, very horrified by that. I think that that's bad enough that it should be like no libertarians like Vivek Ramaswamy. But Javier Malay has never mm-hmm. talked about bombing Mexico or bombing anyone. And he's actually done a whole lot of stuff. And well, he has talked about blowing blowing up the mosque and um, in really? in Jerusalem. Yeah, well, not necessarily blowing it up, but knocking it down and building a Jewish temple there, which is something they've been trying trying hmm. to do for a long time. But, yeah, I was kind of disappointed with his whole flirtation with with uh, Israel. But Luckily, at the same he's not time, giving them money. He doesn't. Well, give... That's the thing. He's not mm-hmm. giving the money, and sometimes you just have to give it up on things that don't matter mm-hmm. if you're going to be a, a head of state, which and is today, why I could never be that. He actually got rid of 400 government employees today nice. whose, whose job was, um, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I don't remember what it stood for. It's like N-A-I-D-I, and it is the National Institute Against Racism, Xenophobia, and Anti-Semitism. So like what... Jew owned, you know, Jewish owned. Oh, it's all a psyop. He's just like owned by the, uh, you know, Jewish globalist person would get rid of that. I really don't think that they would. Yeah. And 
He fired 400 yeah. government employees. And, and you know, I on the one hand, you don't want to see him being, being, uh, being friendly with psychopaths. But then again, anybody running a government is a psychopath. Putin's a psychopath. Yep. Biden's a psychopath. Trump is a psychopath. Uh, they're all psychopaths. Uh, I don't think Vivek is actually a psychopath, but I don't think he'll ever get elected I for that Vivek reason. I think Vivek is more of a psychopath than Javier has shown himself to be. Javier Malay. Yeah. Javier is actually the one guy I give the benefit Javier. of the doubt. Hmm. There was some good news this week from Javier. Apparently, his economic policies are working yeah. at least at, uh, it to start with, and that's so, better than I expected. I was really expecting for him to try his hardest and fail. So this is I'll actually, tell you what. If, if the Free State Project didn't exist, I would be in Argentina right now. I still am going to go visit at some point. I even had a dream last night that I was in Argentina, and I've never been there, so how could I even dream like this, like, landscape it was awesome but anyways mm. i have this story from the foundation for economic org. i'm sorry we should form a, a, a free state project consulate no, we and, have that. Ma- and make a consular visit to him we somewhat <laughs> have started that basically there's a bunch of free staters that are really into malay completely flipped me i used to be thinking there's no way this could be it's too good to be true and i heard you'd flip and he, what, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, they used Whatever to say she want. flipped her lid. <laughs> like freaked out? Yeah. Okay. Is that like a 60s or 70s type lingo? I hadn't heard yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's just me busting your balls. Okay. I didn't know what it meant at first. Um, so basically, there is a group of free staters that are basically um, pro-Malay and spreading Malay propaganda. And um, wearing Malay t-shirts, and I don't. It's not that there's a name for it. Consulate. That's that's such a good word for it. Um, or ambassadors. Mm-hmm. I think we should become the like porcupine. Uh, porcupine. Porcupine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> porcupine. That would be a if, wrestler. When we when we get our first set of dominatrixes up oh, here, they should call themselves porcupine. I was gonna go <laughs> on this. Um, the idea of a wrestler that's a free stater should be called porcupine. <laughs> There is one of those, not a free stater, but a libertarian. I can't remember his name. That goes by Porcupine? Oh, no. Gr- no. Um, the guy in Tennessee. It's not Ric Flair. No, it's a guy that's a free state or free talk live listener. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I never paid any attention to professional wrestling because I actually wrestled in high school. Oh, wow. I mean, real wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, they just made a mockery of it. Are your ears. Uh, hard like rocks. My dad's ears are like rocks because of wrestling. Ear. Uh, no, no. Um, I had a really strong neck for a long time, though. I can lift <laughs> two people's body weight with the back of my head. Oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I had the same issue. I had to get custom made shirts because my neck was so thick from <laughs> jujitsu, and you know, if you've got a thick neck and your waist is just even normal size, that like. 32 36 it's impossible to find shirts oh give me a plug uh who did you study jujitsu with in keen uh dan okay that's not much of a plug um sorry flow (laughs) flow jujitsu okay flow jujitsu uh they're in the phone book yeah okay groovy Uh, i've gotten fat i don't know if you've seen me lately but i'm i'm 
I'm I'm like blueberry shaped. I need to fix this. So I'm I'm and, <laughs> it's the carbs, man. And I I find well actually it's that's one of the two things I intend to do. First off, I want to go on the carnivore diet. Hmm. Second off, I need to start studying martial arts again. I have um, heard nothing but positive things about people going on the p- carnivore diet initially. Like I don't think it's necessarily sustainable for the rest of your life, but it would probably detox you of so many things. Mm-hmm. You'd probably feel great, but. See what I did. Um, I was I w- did the Atkins diet, which is almost the same thing. Yep. Um, and my target weight was 165, um, and I now weigh 255. So I was 95 pounds lighter at uh, at this point. But I was down in Florida, and I remember panicking when I hit my target weight because I didn't stop losing weight. And so I went out to the grocery store and I bought all this ice cream and I'm just chowing down ice cream like, oh my God, I've become sinner. <laughs> the Stephen King book. But, uh, but that did stop. And what I did once I hit my target weight was I gave myself a five pound range. So every morning I woke up and if I was below 165, I started eating carbs. And then I continued eating carbs until I hit 170, at which point I went back on the, Ak- on the Atkins diet until I was back down at 165, uh, which is a, uh, I can't remember the word for that. Paleo, is that it? Uh, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not. Ancestral? Paleo. It's uh, debouncing is oh. what is what they call that. Um, it's uh, the same thing a thermostat does. Hmm. But because you don't want your your oh, therm- you're saying not you the don't Atkins want your diet, furnace but- just going on on off on mm-hmm. off on off so you give it a little range of travel okay i would think that if you just kept being paleo or whatever the term is you're using there adkins that you'd retain the muscle mass because you're eating a lot of you know muscle and mm. that you would just keep getting leaner no um, I don't know. I just I didn't want to be less than 165. I didn't feel I didn't feel comfortable at less than 165. Okay. So I was just like, this is the target I was shooting for. So this is where I'm going to stay for a while. And then what what happened is is that was when Julie uh, a few months later Julie was diagnosed with cancer. Hmm. So at that point, the biggest thing was encouraging her to eat. So I wasn't going to be on some weird diet. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to take you out to fondue anytime you want to go and anywhere else you want to go, and uh, you know, just eat. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, smoking weed will help you want to eat too. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't start smoking weed though for. So several years after that, I was oh. in New Hampshire um, and over 40 before I started uh, smoking again. And, and Julie died when I was 33. Hmm. So like you had never smoked weed before you moved to New I, Hampshire? As I an adult? smoked up until I was 18. Oh, OK. And when I was 18, I started going to AA and I did that for 22 years. So, mm-hmm. so I didn't have a drink or a drug that that entire time. And then I actually started smoking again when I arrived in, or uh, a little while after I arrived in New Hampshire, because I wanted to do the 420 rally. Hmm. And I couldn't do it without smoking. Yeah. I go to 420 rallies without smoking. 
just because it's like I agree with the yeah. idea, but I don't smoke. Yeah. But well, the thing if is, you're running it, I was I was yeah. trying to gather up people I didn't know and make them into people that I did know. And that's a great and way with to do stoners, it. Stoners, you have to be a stoner to do that. 603-283-6160. More coming up on Free Talk Live. You can call in 603-283-6160. More coming up. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church. .shiresociety.com that you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number here. You can call 603-283-6160 to get in on the conversation with us. And in the studio tonight, you've got Bonnie and nobody. And remotely, you have Mark Edge coming from Florida. And I wanted to get into this story from the Foundation for Economic Education, Javier Malay delivers Argentina's first surplus in over a decade, and the U.S. media is silent. Which, for the most part, includes Yuffie, so they like barely report on the awesome stuff he's doing, but they are reporting on this, so that's cool. Um, so, what is it exactly is a surplus? I believe that it means that the government is not going over budget. Correct, Mark? A surplus uh, means that they have collected more money than they are spending. Oh, okay. It says, the revelation that Argentina has some done something the U.S. government hasn't done in more than two decades, run a budget surplus, seems like a newsworthy event. So why the silence from the um, Western media, they're asking? Argentines witnessed something amazing last week. The government's first budget surplus in nearly a dozen years. The economy ministry announced the figures Friday, and the government was $589 million in the black. What does that mean, Mark? It means that in the black means... Uh, so uh, in accounting, they put deficits in red. So you owe $500. Okay. They put, like, if you had... $800 that you got in your paycheck, but you had to pay $500 in rent, you would have $300 in the black. If you had $400 you had to pay for a car payment, you'd be $100 in the red. Oh, okay. So it's like debit and credit. Like they don't owe 
they they're they have more than they owe. So positive and negative, yeah. Okay, so it says Argentina's surplus. Sorry, nobody. You had something to say? Oh yeah, basically deficit is the rate of change. Hmm. So basically, uh, you can be in debt and be running what they call a surplus, hmm. um, but 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 you still. Uh, you still don't have a positive net worth, but the amount that you owe is going down. Okay, so that's probably that's true, where too. Argentina is at, right? Yep. I suspect so, because they must have had a massive debt. I mean, if I were him, what I would do is simply print out enough money to pay off every day, every, every dollar that they owed everyone in the world, and then say, oh, and by the way, tomorrow we're going to stop accepting the Argentinian, I think it's Bolivar. I think peso. His, it's a peso, yeah. And yeah. he's also... That's um, what I would do with the United States, too. What he's doing, I can't like explain every single detail. That's why I usually pull people in who really, really know what's going on with that. Um, but one thing I do know is that he doesn't want to just say no more peso, like get rid of the peso. He's just kind of devaluing it. And mm-hmm. that way the people will choose to dollarize without him mm-hmm. having to... in the dollar yeah and that that's actually the other part of of my plan if i get elected president because hmm. of course i am running a, an elect a write-in campaign for every elected office in america so nice. if you see a job on the ballot that nobody should be doing write in nobody <laughs> um <laughs> but all uh, of them yep and uh, yeah, if you want to vote for me for everything, and basically what I'll do is if I get elected, nobody for everything. If I get if I get elected to more than one job, then basically I will I will take the hi- the highest salary of any of the jobs that I get, none of which I will do, <laughs> and and so I will take the highest salary and I will split that between all of the jobs that I've been elected to, and I'll refund the rest of the money, not to the government, but to the taxpayers. Hmm. Nice. Javier Malay, he was um, auctioning, or like running a lottery in his email with his, um, what's it called? The money he was making Hmm. when he was in Congress. So it it, uh, encouraged people to join his email list and then they would be like joining a lottery and he gave it away to the lucky winner, his uh, salary from being in the Congress. So that's pretty. We had a co-host who proposed to do that with their city council paycheck (laughs) uh, on the air. And they were required to retract that or something because it was against the rules in Keene, New Hampshire. It's bribery. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that is so crazy. But when Biden says he's going to pay off your student loans, somehow that's not bribery. Right. That's definitely what he was doing. And then it ends up being, oh, never mind. We can't do that. Quietly retract. Yeah. Um, But actually, there was something along those lines that I was thinking about, which is... um, the churches in New Hampshire are allowed to have games of chance. So it would be very interesting to have a uh, basically a, a church raffle, okay? And basically, uh, whatever got put in, 1% would go to the church. The other 99% would go back to the people who, who had the bought tickets. Mm-hmm. So it might be redistributed between them, but on average, you'll get back 90, 99% of what you pay in. The interesting thing about it is that we would allow people 
to uh, to buy tickets using any cryptocurrency at the current market rate. So then basically if when when you won and 99 you'll get back night if you play, play play this thing regularly the law of averages say says you'll you'll get back 99% of what you put in and basically the the winning is the prizes would be awarded in an, in an order and the, uh, so there would be a pecking order, and the first people to take an award would be able to take whatever currency they wanted. Hmm, first. like a white elephant. So, in so the advantage to them is if they want to get rid of Bitcoin, they pay in Bitcoin and take their payout in dollars. If they want to get rid of dollars, they pay in dollars and take their payout in Bitcoin. Of course, when I say Bitcoin, I mean BCH, not BTC, because BTC has become a scam. I I like them both. I'm not going to get rid of them. Have you ever paid three? When you say a scam, are you predicting that BTC will not go over 55,000 again? I make no such prediction because okay. I think its high price is actually an essential part of the scam. Mm. And and this is why I say that. There are 10,000 literally coins out there that are out there innovating that are that are doing for a fraction of the penny what BTC is charging $3 to do. I sent myself $100 over the Lightning Network. It cost me $3. That's 3%. That's the same that Visa charges. When they first put EFTs or NFTs or whatever it was on the blockchain um, and everything was so messed up with the thing, I paid $26 fee for something. Yeah, And and that's what happened in 2017 and that's what that was the betrayal of 2017 that caused the crash of 2017. So... I believe that BC CH is like the closest to Bitcoin that um, like Satoshi Nakamoto wanted it to be. So I agree with yes. you on that, but I'm also not going to throw away my BTC or not I'm not. Use g- it or- I'm not going to throw it away. And as a matter <laughs> of fact, I'm not even going to liquidate it for BCH. I've, hmm. I've got, it's, it's, it's not a large fraction of what I hold, which isn't even a large amount. But basically what I do is when Bitcoin goes way up, I sell some of it. Mm-hmm. And when Bitcoin crashes, I buy some of it back. And, and so basically I'm moving back, moving money back and forth between BTC and BCH so that, uh, because I believe that what's happening with Bitcoin is that the Federal Reserve is directly pumping and dumping it. And it's interesting because the, um, federal government stole 107 Bitcoins from, uh, my church. And that same week as the week it hit 50,000, I was like, what are the odds that that happens? It went up mm-hmm. a crazy amount when they just stole 107. It's like they're like, okay, let's pump it up now. We got this mm-hmm. is finally ours. Now we're going to do whatever we're supposed to do with it, whatever they did with it. I don't know. And that's the thing. It's gr- it would be great for them for black budget. Okay, because they know yeah. in advance when they're going to pump and when they're going to dump. But the most important thing that it does is it becomes a weapon of mass distraction so that nobody looks at the other coins that are innovating and doing real work. Whereas what has BTC given us in the last few years? They've given us lightning, which is uh, it's it, it's I'm not fond of it. It yeah. has a couple of uses, I think. The big thing that I'd like to do is make a lightning node that has a back door. So basically, 
uh, it would be a lightning node, but you would also be able to fund your account through BCH smart contracts. Hmm. And so if you wanted to trade BCH for BTC, you could uh, you could send in uh uh, you could send in your BCH, and maybe you're going to a dark web that only takes BTC. So then you'd get your you you would then make a withdrawal over Lightning, and then if you wanted to go the other way, you could make a deposit via Lightning, um, and then make a withdraw withdrawal via uh, BCH. Hmm. And so oh, that's kind of a little and, over my head. But. And well, what it would become is the thing called a liquidity pool. Um, but we already have those. Well, we do have those, but I don't have one. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> to and, join one. Yeah, I, I could join one, but I, I've got I've got very specific ideas about what I'm trying to do. Basically, hmm. what I what I want to do is I want to link as many coins together uh, this way, so that basically you have a pool, and whenever at at the end of each day, okay, the you would. Uh, you would have two coins in your pool. You would calculate the cat, the dollar value of each of those coins, and then you would sell half of the difference from the larger, larger coin and buy the other coin. So basically, you're balancing ev- every day. And that's not something somebody could do within their own li- liquidity pool right now because it's like locked in or whatever. Well, they could do it, but. It's better to have somebody do it for you. And there are also advantages um, in having many people involved with it because people want to go back and forth between coins. And the easiest way to do that is to deposit to liquid deposit to a liquidity pool and then pull out of the same liquidity pool in a different currency. So let's get back to Javier Malay. I want to uh, get into what they're saying that he's done so far in Argentina that is supposed to su- supposedly, you know, something to write home about, unlike anything Trump or Biden or anybody ever did for their people. Mm. It says Argentina's surplus comes on the heels of ambitious cuts in federal spending pushed by newly elected president Javier Malay that included slashing bureaucracy and he's still doing it, eliminating government publicity campaigns, reducing transportation subsidies, pausing all monetary transfer to local governments, and devaluing the peso. One hilarious thing that's come out of him pausing all monetary transfers to local governments is that the government of, oh man, I forgot which town or or city or whatever. It's a state. Oh, it's a state there? They created their own... Money, money, like there. I don't know if it's uh, what you'd call it, like a coin or a dollar or what. No, it was bills. Yep, bills. they printed up their own bills. It's gonna Why be didn't so they funny. do a cryptocurrency? That would have been so cheap. And hmm. socialists communi- hate cryptocurrency. That's a good point. They're socialists. Oh, actually, there's a lot of socialists involved in Web three stuff. I'm being. They're told. making it um, basically only can be um, traded within the government employees, and it's just going to mm-hmm. be useless and crap. And it's hilarious. I well, think there are so other stupid. things that, that you could do with that. For example, for example, if you wanted to form a voluntary commune, mm-hmm. um, then one way that you could do it would be say you charge a one percent fee on every transaction, mm-hmm. but rather than that going to uh, going to the coin, uh, basically what you would do is you'd take that amount. 
you would divide it by the number of humans, verified humans, who held who held wallets. So that excludes... Well, they're government workers, so they're not humans. Well, they're still humans, but... They're parasites. I, I mean, it's, it's all how you, how you want to define it for your coin, because it's your community. Uh, so what I think about I think it doesn't Miami matter a wanted bit. To do that. But the point is, do a minimum guaranteed income mm-hmm. with that 1%. So then you, then you sell that to people like... Uh, 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 Wang. Uh, what was his? Um, Andrew Wang. Andrew Wang, I think. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew something. I think, I think I'm confusing him with one of the guys who one of the guys who converted me to capitalism. Are, are you actually, talking about the UBI guy that ran for president? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you have a, a UBI, but it's a UBI that's within a within a coin, and it's a voluntary community. So it's not socialism; oh, it's Yang. capitalism. It was Yang. Yang. That's right. Yeah. Jemmy Wang was. Uh, uh, from competitive computer systems, he was actually one of the first people who started converting me to to capitalism. Because huh. uh, I, he was a libertarian. I argued with him a lot on a on a little message board. And you're still a uh, socialist. Yeah, I was still a socialist, and I argued with him on a little on a little message board called uh, called uh, Mnet. In in Ann Arbor, it's it's a public access Unix system that's been running since 1968. Uh, and anyway, so basically, Whoa. he had a business, and uh, and he hired me, even even though I was always yelling at him uh, because he thought I had potential, and he was like, "I want to teach you." And and so as he was doing business with me, uh, he was also showing me, you know, how to how to do business intelligently and reminding me that when I went to work, I wasn't going to work for the boss. I was going to work for me and I had to look for my interests and what was going to be best for me. And that was exactly how he was going to treat me as as well. He he. You know, he he liked me, so he was willing to do things that were helpful to me, but he was going to make sure that they were profitable to him, too, or he wouldn't be able to, to do the same with the next guy that he wanted to teach something to. So so basically, it was a, it was a very good uh, introduction. I got to do something that I love, which is he sold computers, and so, uh, like, like Penguin. And so basically, I was one of, like, four or five guys who would go in there and build the computers every day and test them, and I love doing that. So, so it was a blast, you know? Capitalism I mean, is just great because it's just, like, human interaction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and the thing is, uh, you know, people, it, it's, it's not about what the boss makes. Who cares what the boss makes? What's important is that you're getting the best deal for you as an employee that you can. You have such a good point in there. One thing that is wrong with leftists is just that they're jealous little bitches. It's like just Stopping being jealous would fix so many of their problems. Like, I never wondered what my bosses make. Like, they do different and better work than me, and and I don't want to be managing someone. I just wanted to work at the front desk and get my paycheck, and I can't imagine being one of those people who's like, the boss makes more money than me. It's so stupid. And the thing is, they, they expect their boss to be like their owner. They expect, hmm. but but they want him to be a, a benevolent owner, you know. <laughs> but they want him to take care of them, and and they don't care his what job. he makes. 
They don't have the least bit concern about how much money the business is making. Hmm. They just want to get paid. That's like every time there's like a... I don't care what my what the business I'm working for is making either. Only the only extent that I that I care about that is I want it to continue to exist if I'm getting a good paycheck. That's an important extent. Yeah, that, that's an important extent because I feel like the, the worst workers I ever worked with, I wasn't like some kind of great worker who just loved the company in any job I've ever had. I was never loyal to them at all. But I wouldn't be one of those people who was like, I don't care if like I break their stuff, you know, something like that, like really bad. And those are all socialist people who are like nihilists and are just like, I don't care what happens. Oh, I'm just going to like slide through life the yeah. littlest bit I can. I don't know why I've just never been that person, even though I've never loved any corporation well, I worked for. I mean, the, the reason is if you're taught that your boss is harming you, but you need him anyway. Okay, first off, that's a contradiction in terms. It's re- the absurd hmm. comment. If he's harming you, you don't need him. Which is if why you I love need the him, he's not harming you. Well, as soon as my boss was harming me, as in just like annoying me or asking me to do things I didn't want to do, I could just leave because I had Uber Eats. And then when yeah. losers, jealous losers who wished that they're making more money than they are for the same amount of work that they're doing, complain about Uber Eats and get it turned into an employee hmm. position... That's what ruins it for everyone. Like, you want to have that as a side gig to just fall back on whenever you're tired of the other jobs you're doing. I wanted to ask you a question about Uber We we have to learn to accept, though, just as people, and I say this as a pope, we have to learn to to expect and understand that half of the people we meet in life are going to be below average. What was your (laughs) question, Mark? Yeah, my question is, we, we had talked, you and I, uh, personally about tipping when it comes to Uber Eats. And I find tipping to be a very confusing sort of con- social convention. Um, I get giving people money when you're happy with them. Mm-hmm. That part I get. The problem is is that in the United States, it's like, oh, you got to tip. Well, how much do I have to tip? Well, you should be well, you don't cents have on the untaxed total. No, that's too cheap. I hear well, I, here's the thing. I don't know about the percentages and all that. All I think is that what would you pay someone to get off their couch, drive to a store, wait in line, sometimes order the food and wait for the food to get cooked, and then drive back in traffic and it takes like a whole hour? Would you pay them the the same amount in tips that you would pay a girl who walks to the counter five feet away, picks up your food off the hot plate line and puts it on your table, maybe fills up your drink with water once i I just don't know why it's the same thing um well i'm pretty (laughs) so they should just be just tipping me more okay i don't think that uh the the way they look matters i think it's a really good question so i don't know anything about doordash or uber eats Mm -hmm. it matters to me because i like looking at pretty girls Mm -hmm. and therefore if i go to a restaurant regularly and there's a very pretty girl working there i'm gonna tip her better because i want her to stay at that restaurant hmm do you get paid at all for Uber Eats or DoorDash? You get paid, but it's so little it doesn't even cover like your gas most of the time. It's like, um, well, the thing is, like in San Antonio, I got paid less. Then I came up here and I did Uber Eats. Not only did they pay you more, but everyone tipped a lot more. Like everybody tipped oh, so much that I was like, why are these people being so nice? They're so rude, but they're being so nice. And I think it's just because poor losers live in San Antonio. Not all of them or something, but there are definitely more of them that live there than live here. And they're just 
looking for an excuse to um, not have yeah. to leave their house and not have to pay anyone to bring the food to them, and it's ridiculous. But we have we also live in the wealthiest state in the nation. That makes a it difference. is the wealthiest. That makes a lot. Of, well, also in Maine, um, median income. Also in Maine, they tipped highly and were rude, but then they were nice via tips, mm-hmm. so it was confusing. Of course, rude yeah, is just a product of the, of the, of the society you come from. Oh. No, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> social conventions are different, so what's polite in one society may be rude in another. One of my favorite Robert Heinlein quotes is, forgive him, for he is young, and he thinks that the customs of his tribe are laws of nature. Hmm. <laughs> That's what it seems like. I mean, I totally agree with that idea, but... I still think that, for the most part, New Englanders are rude, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. It looks like we have somebody think... from Washington calling. Chuck, what's on your oh, mind? D.C.? No. Oh, good. Oh, sorry. I have him muted. Chuck from Washington State, what's on your mind? That's okay. Thank you very much for taking my call. I think what the key here is you got to get a bike if you want to do Uber uh, and actually pedal so you avoid Uber? all of your maintenance issues. Uber eats. You avoid... Oh. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, it just makes sense. I think get, that uh, in San Antonio, like, I was still making money, so it was fine. It's not like everybody didn't tip me a lot. Like, the, most of the people who tipped fine made up for the people who didn't tip or tipped me, like, a dollar or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just saying that I think it's insane to think, um, I'm going to hire somebody to drive halfway across the city in traffic pick up food, wait for the food, sometimes order the food, and then drive it to my house and give them even, like, five bucks. I can't imagine. Like, imagine if you just called up your friend and asked them to go do that for you. Like, I asked my sister to go pick up Kratom for me the other day because, yeah, I quit, and then I got back on it, but I have my self-rolls now. Anyways, um, I, Are I was like... addicted to Kratom? Well, I was addicted to Kratom, but now I have rules, so I'm not. But anyways, I asked her if she would pick it up for me, and I said I'd give her 25 bucks because it was just, like, something she didn't want to do. I, I just don't know. I can't imagine giving somebody I'll less than, I'll always pay like, a girl $10. to do something she doesn't want to do. If, I mean, <laughs> if, if she really does I mean, it's only Interesting. fair. Interesting. Okay, Chuck, if you have anything else you want to say, uh, we're going on break. Yeah, but I got a question. I got a question for Mark. Does awesome. Question, Mark? Too late. All right, Free Talk Live. More coming up. <laughs> hey, you are going to love the movie Victimless Crime Spree. It's hilarious, heartwarming, and carries a ton of inspiring freedom messages. Feeling down about the lack of liberty in your life? You need to put on this film with some friends and have a good laugh. It's a true story about me and my friends in New Hampshire living free, singing, dancing, and getting arrested. Of course, it's all on video, and the bad guys, the cops, judges, bailiffs, and sheriffs, they all play their part like it's out of a movie or something. You would think we scripted the whole thing, but it's real life. Go ahead and have a watch, and if it's been a while, have another look. I guarantee you'll notice things now that you didn't notice before. And the best part is that you're going to walk away feeling a renewed sense of your own power. You are the master of your destiny, and you will be free in your lifetime. Victimless Crime Spree. Free Talk Live.
Talk Live, talk radio that you control. And 603-283-6160 is the phone number you can call. That's 603-283-6160. Are you tired of the oppressive rules and, and moderation of the big tech social media sites? Our Mastodon server at social.freetalklive.com can set you free. Mastodon is free, open source, decentralized, and federated. Multiple apps are available for iOS, Android, Windows, Mac, and Linux. Social.freetalklive.com. And in the studio with you tonight, you've got me and nobody. Nobody's here. And remotely, you've got me, Mark Edge. Yes. And in the last segment, we were talking about... I think you need to start ta- saying him first. He's yeah, that's a he's, good point. He's getting butt hurt. Yeah, <laughs> I could hear that in his voice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just think that I had something caught in my throat, choked on my own spit. Oh, okay. Choked I, on his I, I, I was completely anatomically confused there. <laughs> it's at the wrong end of the elementary, the canal. Choked elementary, on. my dear Watson. <laughs> so um, I guess I should should start saying we have um, star. You know, all-star um, Free Talk Live host with us, and then Mark mm-hmm. can say his name, and then I will introduce us, plebs. Yes. <laughs> but we plebs, were talking about... good word. <laughs> Thank good you. Good word. We were talking about Javier Malay, and we had just started explaining some of the good things that he's done in Argentina in the last segment. So I'm going to restate that. It says... In a way, I hope he's a plant. No. Because if he's not a plant, they're going to kill him. Well, yeah, I don't want them to kill him. He is. And it'll suck if they kill him and he's not a plant. If he is a, if he is a plant, though, they probably won't kill him unless but they, could they fake do. kill him. Yeah, that's true. They could always Epstein, Epstein him. Yeah, they could always do what they did to Epstein, I think. <laughs> Actually, Megan Kelly... Formerly of Fox News. She's not of Fox News anymore? No, she's wow. been off Fox News for a long time. She's independent. She's all hmm. about... She. M- most of the talented people are not with the news broadcast companies anymore because hmm. they can make more money and have more control by doing their own business. Yeah. And I want to learn to do that. And but, it's kind of like the whole thing um, that we're talking about here is like the Western media is so controlled that they aren't even reporting on Malay, which right. I know that people said the same thing about Trump, like, oh, the Western media is just blackballing him, not talking about all the good he's doing. But I think that that was part of the show with him. Well, I mean, they were, though. I mean, they were they were blatantly, blatantly lying. Right. For example. For show, though, for, in my opinion, for for may, maybe for show, one possibility for Trump. There's all I, I look at everybody. Every every politician is like Schrodinger's po- politician to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're ju- they're just a mass of probabilities. One possibility with Trump, and it could be knowing, and it could be unknowing. Also, he could be a dupe, mm-hmm. um, or he could be. Uh, evil, and in either case be playing this role, but this is not necessarily the role. One of the things that I think he might be there to do is a thing called a Judas goat. Okay? And a Judas goat is a goat who lives at a slaughterhouse. Mm -hmm. And he actually lives at the slaughterhouse, unlike most of the goats who die at the slaughterhouse. But his job is just to be led by his handlers into the room where they actually slaughter 
the, the goats. Wait, so is it to make the other goats comfortable or something? Exactly. So that's why they call him a Judas goat, because he's there basically to betray the other the other goats, because they see him comfortable, and he's been there, and he's not scared going into the slaughterhouse, so Whoa. why should they be? That's sad. I didn't um, know they did that. So I think what they, they might be planning to start, you know, rounding up uh, Republicans and putting them in concentration camps, and back in the day, there were some liberals who would have objected to that. Mm-hmm. But after the whole Trump thing, I think 99% of liberals would say, kill them all, we don't care. And I don't know if uh, Trump being like um, cognizant of what's happening is important, like even if he... Well, it's important in, in assessing his level of guilt. Well, yeah. It's much better to be a fool than to be a bastard. Yeah, um, it is if, you're, if we're discussing that. But the outcome that, but... isn't any better. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Trump, whether he's uh, like in on it or not, is totally just a plant. But Javier Malay, I don't really have an opinion mm. like I think he is one way or not. I just hope that he's not. And it I doesn't thought, seem like it to me because of all the things he's actually doing, unlike Trump. Mm-hmm. I thought that Trump was was a definite plant, um, you know, until I watched the anaphylactic reaction that the entire establishment had to him. I think that could all be and a, 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 you it, know, they're just playing along. It it could be, but the thing is, they sold a lot of their own credibility. It's like CNN's ratings are below Joe Rogan's ratings now. But wasn't that just going to happen? Like radio and and TV news are like kind of dying. They they kind of are, but I mean they would have had the opportun- opportunity because they've still still got organizations. If they had any credibility left, they could they could be you know sponsoring Jump. swarms of uh, of of podcasters, right? Basically, because that's there's they still would have a newsroom. They still would have foreign bureaus with people who know Turkey or or France and and they would still have a lot to sell. And they liquidated themselves first with Trump and then a second time with coronavirus. Now, the other possibility is it was just a, a rug pull because they decided that. Their credibility was already shot, so they might as well do an exit scam and start up something else. Hmm. No, that that's <laughs> something I think that is definitely what they were doing. They were like they saw that they were it's it all lined up together. Like they saw the ratings were gonna go down anyway and, and stuff like that. They if they really cared about ratings, they wouldn't have like done all the stuff they did to Tucker, Carlson, etc. That um, wasn't CNN, that was uh, Oh Fox no, I just News. mean I'm talking about media in general. Okay, yeah. And and you know, and it's a big change. I mean, I trusted CNN in general um, up until, um, well, it was it was a slow process of, of learning it. But I, I remember, uh, you know, f- thinking that they were relatively credible among among uh, news agencies. And then sometime within the last twenty years, um, basically it. It it slowly but surely, I watched the entire mainstream media become the entertainment division of the military-industrial complex. And it, it, it was sad to watch because, I mean, there were people I respected. 
and uh, a lot of them did, did escape with their reputations. So I actually respect Tucker Carlson, even though I think he's dead wrong about some things. And one of the reasons for that is he he got sucked in on Iraq. Hmm. What is that? But mean like what did uh, he say about he it? Got, he got sucked into supporting the war with Iraq in 2003. Hmm. I didn't even really realize he was a the, person that did TV back he then. He was honestly. a person back then. He's <laughs> over 20. No, um, I just mean uh I I didn't know he was on the news and stuff back then, but Yeah, although he, he was very different. He used to wear a bow tie and he was he hmm. was he was kind of nerd he was a lot nerdier. Hmm. But uh He still has a nerdy vibe. He's to he's he's still pretty nerdy, but I think he's I think he's toughened up a lot. Um, hmm. I think he's suffered a lot of slings and arrows along the way. But uh, but but what stay I stay in the res- business long enough. But you what I respect will. about him is not that he was fooled because I wasn't fooled. But what I respected about him is that he realized he fo- he was fooled. He admitted he huh. was fooled, and he never fell for it again. Nice. He hasn't supported a war since two thousand and three, and that's something that I love about Tucker Carlson. I I, I oh you. Yeah, okay. I was telling um, you that. Okay, um, yeah. but at the same time, I, I don't, I don't agree with him on immigration. That's that's probably my biggest disagreement. With See, him. I don't even know much about him, but I can't say I disrespect him or anything because he went and interviewed Vladimir Putin, and it's like I don't like Vladimir Putin. It's like so many people are just so dumb that you'll hear me say that and just think that means I like him. No, I don't like him, but yeah. I support hearing the sides that are even the ones that are in the wrong mm-hmm. or the ones that are extremely evil. I want to hear what they have to say. Yeah. Is, I, I joined the ACLU uh, in the 80s. It was the first political organization I ever joined. And the reason I joined, even though I was a leftist, was because they sent, not only did they go to court to defend the right of the Nazis to march through the heavily Jewish Skokie, Illinois, hmm. but the lawyer who went to defend the Nazis was a Jew. Wow. And I thought, that guy has gigantic, gigantic, Wait, whatever I can say on the radio, which I can't think of, oh, uh, that guy I respect. Yeah. Because he will stand up for the rights of somebody that he knows hates him. I had this similar experience with this woman in Ann Arbor. I I, I was counter protesting a Nazi rally mm-hmm. in Ann Arbor, and one of the not the Nazis, of course, as always, were outnumbered ten to one, hmm. and and one of them fell. I thought he was toast because it was heated, and there was this woman there. She was black, and she put her body between that mob and that Nazi. And she wasn't going to let anything happen to him, even though he hated her. And I just thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. That that is really crazy. Like, I I hope she didn't get hurt in the process. No, she didn't. She Hmm. didn't. Because they weren't going to hurt her. Hmm. Because she, you know, she was there counter-protesting. She wasn't Hmm. with them. She just, you know, what, what liberals used to say when I was a liberal was I may not agree with what you say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. Mm-hmm. And people don't have that anymore. No, and now people so are crying sad. because they had to hear Vladimir Putin's voice. And yeah. it's ridiculous. That's why we do what we do. They didn't. 
They could have turned it off any time. They're point. crying because they somebody else heard exactly. his voice. Exactly. They don't want not to hear it. They want somebody else not to hear it. Right, it's like one right. of the most despicable things I've seen was Rachel Maddow coming out and saying, if you were injured by a vaccine, you should keep quiet about it. Whoa. Because anti-vaxxers will use your story to spread their message. And it's like, oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Yeah. You can't let people have an accurate picture of what really happened because yeah, that's not what that's not what Pfizer was paying for when they bought the full set of prostitutes. Yeah, when they brought bought Rachel Maddow. But it looks and like we every have... news show in, in in America. Yeah, I'm sure. I've got a video on uh, on uh, on uh, uh, Odyssey mm-hmm. of people collapsing and in some cases dying just randomly after after getting getting vaxxed and each each one is separated by a voice saying brought to you by Pfizer over mm. the over the uh, over the logo of a different news show they mm. were they were buying something like 70% of the advertising of all news shows combined. And that's just so ri- so ridiculous. It's so obviously, um, it was the most obvious scam I've ever seen. Even if it wasn't killing people, it, it wouldn't matter. It's just, it's just disgustingly scammy as far as... They made so much money off of this. So, well, the transparency of it is what what scares me because what I'm afraid they're going to do is next time cook up a virus that will be stopped by masks and vaccines, right? Which all the disobedient people won't submit to, but the obedient people will. So it'd be a great way to kill all the disobedient people and leave the obedient people standing. It sucks because there's so many different ways that um, that might be. Like there's so many different like conspiracies that sound plausible with that, but I'm still going to wait to see if people uh, all actually end up dying. Like, because the thing is, I don't personally know anyone who died of COVID and I also don't personally know anyone who died of vaccine injury. So I just, I tend Mm. to not like want to like buy into either side, but David from New Mexico is on the line. David, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Lots of stuff, Bonnie. It's crazy. Still crazy. That's why smart people go insane. (laughs) That's right. Um, But good thing I'm dumb. (laughs) And I got lots of dumb dumb stuff on my mind. Um, First of all, before I ask Mark about sailboats. um, uh, Tailboats? Sailboats. Oh. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Rachel Madcow is Jewish too, and so is Pfizer. And so are you, right? Um, I'm not. My father was. He was oh. actually a. He was actually. A, I suppose you could call him a Holocaust survivor because he was able to refugee himself the hell out of Germany in like 1939, 40. Just a quick funny story. I'm sitting in my house selling weed one day, and I I got like you know a half a dozen of like 18 year old kids chilling with me. And uh, one of them starts telling Jew jokes. And so I let him get through like four of them. And I'm saying, I've got a 357 on my hip. And I look at him. I say, you know I'm Jewish, don't you? And he just turned white. <laughs> Some other kid says, no, he's not. I mm-hmm. said, no, I'm not. But I could have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I- yeah. Was the, 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 the Nazi that was being protected by the mob, was, was, he, was he crying? Uh, no, it wasn't Cantwell. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. And 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 by the way, uh, wh- what what did what did they not see? 
What did who not see? The Nazis. Well, the Nazis. What did they not what, see? What did they not see? Oh, I did not see that coming. Ah, I got it. Well, that's unusual that I could get, slip one past uh, uh, nobody. <laughs> it's true. It's 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 yeah. true. Usually, you get it past somebody. Slippers. Usually, people just don't laugh because David's jokes are not funny. Oh, yeah, what, oh, I give him an A for effort. Bonnie. I'm sorry, David. Yeah, yeah, I get an A for effort anyway. I haven't really um, been mean to David in a while, so I get no, a pass. Rather nice. What's up with that, Bonnie? I don't know. It's crazy. Okay, so a yeah, parrot or, or uh, an anarchist walks into a bar with a parrot on his head. Bartender says, "Where the hell did you get that mangy thing?" Parrot says, "New Hampshire. There's thousands of them." <laughs> <laughs> Cool. cool. I'm pretty impressed with and that. So, one. speaking of pirates, uh, you know, actually, I know I, I, I watch a guy on uh, Rumble D Live that uh, that has a boat cast. He calls it boat cast, and he's he's actually he looks just like that, and he's actually got a a parrot that, that will sit on his shoulder. Oh, um, I yeah, love those and, things. And so, yeah, it's cool. I hate and, and and he is an anarchist, very much so. Um, you'd, you'd actually enjoy. You'd actually uh, nobody. If, you'd actually enjoy it if you look up uh, uh, podcast or um, uh, boatcast is the how you find it. Boatcast. It's Journey to Serenity boatcast, um, which leads into sailboats for uh, and Mark. I was going to ask Mark. Uh, I got a couple different sailboat questions, and you you got rid of yours, uh, uh, and you you said you got a tax rate. I'm not interested in your personal finances, but I I, I second I happy day, the, happiest day of my life. Why, why was that? Why was that? Well, because the happiest day is buying the boat. The second happiest day is selling it. Are you divorced that, that now? Is, uh, an off, an off, Yes. Uh, uh, okay, I was going to say, because if not, you're going to be. <laughs> you, you can't right. say that's the happiest day of your life when you're still married. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but what, uh, I know what, the, what you were asking for at the beginning. What, you don't have to tell me what you actually got for it or what, whatever it was on paper, but the, the boat that you had and that you did sell – in a fair market, what what not what you're asking for, but what would that boat have no demanded on average? Well, I don't know that the story is going to do you any good because well, what happened was that the guy that agreed to sell the boat for me kind of I don't know whether he was ripping me off or is just kind of going crazy because he, he was, was getting old. But he do that. ultimately just kind of said. Like he forgot about it. And so he, I kept calling him, I'd check on it and everything. And he said, everything's fine. We'll sell it soon. But there was a leak in the boat that he didn't tell me about. And it filled up with water. And so there was some mold and, you know, there was all kinds of Don't pro- they sink uh, when that happens? <laughs> it was on the land. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. They won't, it won't sink there. No, it's going to sink. Yeah. Unless there's and quicksand. Basically, I ended up for selling, selling it for half of what I bought it for. Because I didn't pay enough close enough attention to it. Yeah, uh, okay, because and that was the best condition. second best day. You poor oh. bastard! <laughs> yeah, sixty thousand dollars for a wrecked boat is not a bad thing, man. Yeah, mm. I've always heard that okay. bo- boats they you know, it's, not, it's not fun. We have to sell them because they depreciate really hardcore. Yeah, if you're super well, rich, you can ha- you can keep one. I, I used to, I, I, I've, I was on the, the Walgreens yacht a couple of times. Uh, this is W. It was great. Hmm. But, of course, they owned a chain of drugstores, so they I've can afford that I've never been on a yacht. Kind of What's thing. so great about a yacht? What's the point well, of it they, being they so much Well, they float and they take than... you to places with pretty girls and casinos and, and crabs that you can hunt yourself. 
hmm. and and not just scratch. Hmm. Um, the, so <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> I don't know why jokes are just going over my head today. It's because you're short. I was just thinking, like, I don't know, scratch them out of the sand. Yeah. <laughs> or something. I think the great thing about a boat is that you can go where you want. You're free. Like, it is the epitome of freedom. When you're out there on the water, nobody can tell you what to do. And Why it does just he get to tell us what like to do? Except, every, except everybody else on the boat, if you happen to be 15. Hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> David, was that your only question? So- no, no, I got I got other other boat questions. What? Uh, so you you sold the boat. Uh, I don't know the, uh, how you ended up buying it. Did, did do, do you have an interest in sailing, or was it just a, a an opportunity that came along and you decided to buy it, uh, even though you didn't really have an interest in it? Mm-hmm. Well, I I've been sailing since I was a kid, and I was on a competitive team at one point. I I wasn't the guy, uh, the captain or anything. I was just you know, rail meat, as we refer to them, you know, run around and pull some lines when I was told to. But to me, sailboats are, you know, they they don't cost anything. The the wind (laughs) drives you for free. I learned better on that. (laughs) Right? I learned that lesson. Yes. (laughs) They don't cost anything when they're rented. (laughs) When they're bought, you're screwed. (laughs) And so to me, it just felt like freedom, and I wanted to try it. What was the truth was nobody else in my family thought it was that darned interesting. So oh. I didn't spend as much time on the boat as I would have liked to. And yeah, that's See, ended the, up selling that's me. that's why you get the boat after your divorce, because that way people don't have to be that interested in boats because they show up on uh, at the wharf on the day they are interested. And you just pick the girl and say, OK, let's go out on the boat. And she's got like a day of sailing interest in her. And then she's done, especially if you're old. And so then the <laughs> next day you get a different girl. Well, if you're old and rich, she yeah. might still want to stick around. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. One more segment coming up. Don't go anywhere. It's Free Talk Live. That you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number that is 603-283-6160 and in the last few segments we were talking about Javier Malay in Argentina he's the president the only ANCAP president of Argentina I mean sorry the only ANCAP president in the world that has ever been and um, I think that's a pretty big deal and we're we're talking about this article that F- the Foundation for Economic Education or fee um dot org put out, and they are asking why the u s media is silent on him, considering the fact that um no this has never happened in what what is it two decades with the United States 
government. So it's obviously somewhat of a um, accomplishment, and yet um, they aren't talking about it. The U.S. media is just not talking about it. And um, the Foundation for Economic Education is asking why. So what is it that Javier Malay has accomplished? He got a surplus, which means... Mark, can you explain what it means again? He's not in debt or something? Or maybe he's in debt. Basically, the country made money this year through taxation. So they took it more through taxation than their spending. So that's what it is. It's their spending less. It says... Argentina's surplus comes on the heels of ambitious cuts in federal spending pushed by newly elected President Javier Malay that included slashing bureaucracy. What president in the U.S. does that? Eliminating government publicity campaigns, reducing transportation subsidies, pausing all monetary transfers to local governments and devaluing the peso. Malay's policies, which he has himself described as a kind of shock therapy, Come as Argentina faces a historic economic crisis fueled by decades of government spending, money printing, and Peronism, which is a blend of national socialism and fascism. And these policies have pushed the inflation rate in Argentina, once one of the most prosperous countries in Latin America, above 200%. And why wouldn't it be What's prosperous? the source on that? Um, what do you mean, like? What part? Uh, who wrote the article you're writing? Oh, you're this reading. is from the Foundation for Economic Education. Oh, okay. I was going to say because traditionally uh, the the par- the mainstream media doesn't call it uh, right, fascism, right. and it is fascism and socialism. It, it was. It really was. Peronism is terrible. Um, it's really sad that um, Christina. They don't call it Peronism. Oh, is it? I don't know. I'm American. Uh, well, Peronism, because uh, Ava Peron and her husband, whoever he was, all I remember is, don't cry for me, Argentina. And it sucks because I love Madonna. <laughs> Mr. Peron. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is it Peronism? I, I don't know. But either way, I'm American. I'm yeah. going to pronounce things incorrectly. See, I I got much happier listening to music when it occurred to me that somebody's ability to make music does not necessarily imply that they're likely to be a good person. Yeah. And that is like a, because they, most of them are like idiot savants. They have this one talent and the rest of their life is just, and I'm kind of the same way with my computer. So I can understand that. I feel like (laughs) there is a limit. Like I love Madonna and I will always love Madonna, even though she sang the song about, um, Mrs. Perrin, whatever her name is. Um, but and I feel like she's probably a terrible person. But there's definitely a limit. Like when somebody is a really terrible person, where you just don't want to um, support their music anymore. I can't really think of an example. But one thing that occurred to me one day that made me really like care a lot less about celebrities in general was just that I feel like any of them would like work for the government against me. Like oh sure, get just the get thing paid is, enough. The the broken people. You know, in most cases. And most of them, like, go, go do charity events for Joe Biden. It's just embarrassing. Yeah, that's not charity. Just lame. Or I don't know why I said charity. Um, Publicity, yeah. whatever events yeah. for Joe Biden and whoever else is running that sucks. I mean, like, he's such, he's the lamest president in my lifetime. The coolest probably being Bill Clinton. If I was, yeah, I was born under Bill Clinton. He was cool. And, um, <laughs> like, I just mean purely 
cool or lame factor. I, I can't so, imagine. I was so horrified by Bill Clinton that I voted for him in 1992. Oh, wow. And by 1996, I voted for Harry Brown. Hmm. Nice. I, I'm just, ta- I'm not talking about their economic policies. I'm not talking about what they did, right or wrong. I'm just talking about mm. how cool they were. I was still a socialist could play a then. But, exactly. But the, but the thing that, the, the big thing that got me was a, uh, was a, his war on smokers. Because hmm. I, cause I was a smoker. I didn't know that was a thing, really, honestly. Oh, yeah. He had a huge war on war on smokers when when uh, just recently well, one of the things that's been happening is Trump is starting to gain a lot of black support which is really interesting Who, I mean Trump? like 20% but that's a lot for a Republican hmm. um, and I, well I think a lot of it is they're they're looking at the uh, at these indictments and they're saying oh my god they're treating him as unfairly as they treat us I kind of forgot maybe about he's Trump. not as bad as we thought as we thought I, he's He's kind of chill in some ways. He actually is and, kind of cool, and he's married to Melania, whereas Bill Clinton is married to Hillary Clinton. Oh, God. Um, even, even his mistress wasn't that hot, like Monica is, Lewinsky. Uh, yeah, I, I was unimpressed. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, although, you know, if, if, you, if you're working enough to be president, you know, you, you, you probably, like, you know, when when I was coding and 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 I was single, single, I just went to a massage parlor once in a while because all I wanted to do was these things that started to distract me when I was working, and I wanted them to stop distracting me, but I wanted them to take up none of my time. And you would do that with Hillary Clinton, ceasing to huh? You would do that with Hillary Clinton? Oh God, no, Monica Lewinsky, I'd take. <laughs> that, but, that's what I'm saying. She's not like. Under those circumstances, she's just not like super hot. I mean, I mean she's and Melania is super hot, so that does make Trump I, cool. I don't cool. find her that attractive. I never thought you'd, I'd hear you say the word unbangable. I couldn't think of another word right now. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Melania definitely was way hotter before she got like the messed up eye under eye filler surgery. She stuff. looks mean now. She looks like she just cool. tear you up. That's I mean, awesome. If, if that's what you're, what you're into, maybe, but yeah, I, I like that's soft like the girls. Eastern European model look. Like I, yeah. I think that that's kind of part of her thing, but she also seems nice. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if she would be nice. Anyways, I forgot why I was talking about how cool a president is, but Javier Malay is cooler than every U.S. president, including Trump or Bill Clinton. Obama's he another kind of looks like an Elvis impersonator. He used to be a, um, not an impersonator, but he did a cover band for the Rolling Stones. Nice. And he was the singer. I don't, I see what you're saying with Elvis. I had never thought that before. To me, he looks like a Wolverine or something like that. I don't, I don't really think he's hot. Just <laughs> That's physically. the height of cool in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I come from. A Wolverine? Yeah, Michigan Wolverines. Oh. See, I don't know any sports, <laughs> if that's a sports thing. Yeah, it's a sports ball thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and I don't even know anything about like Rolling Stones, honestly, so I can't really comment on if that's cool or not, but him, his personality in general now is what makes him cool. Um, and he's Mm. like slashing government stuff and he just gets in their face, tells them that they're parasites. He posted a meme today. So he had, he put this law and I really don't know how I feel about it to Congress because I don't know all of the details yet. So I wasn't going to bring it up. But he put this law today into Congress, like for consideration or whatever, that would put any politician who gives money to the Treasury or 
funds the treasury in jail. I mean, I could be saying that wrong. It might not that be the treasury. That doesn't make sense, but... Wait, maybe it's not funds the treasury. I forgot what it was, but... Maybe defrauds the treasury? They they do some kind of fraud that involves the treasury, and Christina de Kirshner... Christina, I forgot what her whole name is, but Kirshner, she... Um, got caught red-handed doing this thing. I can't remember what it is. It has to do with the treasury of Argentina. And well, if she um, was red-handed. Somebody must have been bleeding. But um, so they well, the people were probably dying because of stuff she did. They do while she was president. Um, she re- is a terrible socialist. That's what um, the Kirshners are kind of like a brand. The only of thing Karen. worse than a terrible socialist is a good socialist. Yeah, she's good. At they being get a their policies socialist. implemented, and then people really die. That's what that's what she was doing. She was actually doing that stuff and straight up defrauding. So he's like going after politicians that do that because she's actually unable to be gone after because she got some other position. And while you're in government in Argentina, there's a law that says you can't get prosecuted no matter what you've done. Well, maybe like Mm. murder is like a line, but. Yeah. Well, that's what Trump was arguing for. That was one of the, in general, he's, he's still banking on sympathetic. It. No, it's, well, okay. He's, yeah, he's going to take that to the Supreme Court probably, but I actually hope he loses on that one, even but I though I he hope he wins. wanted to put Hillary in jail and he just never did. Like, he didn't no, he said he wanted to put Hillary in, in jail. He never wanted to. He backed off that the day he took office. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he said he was going to do something, then didn't do it. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, when a politician says they they do something, that doesn't mean they want to do it. That just means they think you want him to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so today, uh, Javier Malay posted this meme on Twitter where it's like him as a big giant. And he says, I told the machine to um, turn itself off. But and then it's him with glowing eyes and like Christina Kirshner and all of the bad parents running away from him. And it says, but they didn't want to listen. And it's just so silly and funny. I love that he doesn't take being a president uh, seriously. Like he's not like one of those people who's like decorum. I have to be serious now. Like he hates the state. He still says he wipes the uh, his butt with the state. You know, <laughs> an interesting piece of maybe confirmation, but just a weird thing was uh did you see the laser-eyed joe biden joe oh yeah that was weird well and did you the text with it i forgot what it was we can draw it down too what does that mean well it may well mean that i'm absolutely right the federal reserve has been pumping it and he's saying we can dump as quick as we can pump that's creepy isn't it and he's got the laser bitcoin eyes that's in the image. It's weird. weird. I don't know what the hell it means. What else would it mean? That sounds like you're exactly right. It, it doesn't it. And and I've been saying this for like a year now that this is what's going on because, you know, I more or less predicted it. You know, wow. the first show I was on when we talked about talked about Bitcoin, I, I said, you know, basically somebody said that, oh, yeah, this is unbeatable. And I said, well, there's ways they can attack it. I mean, for one thing, just pump it and dump it so it becomes untradeable. Um, but then but then basically what I said was, but in, in the process of doing that, they'll make us all rich so we can take that money and start another coin. And they can't just do it to an infinite number of coins. <laughs> that is really freaking creepy. I saw that picture in like one mention and I didn't like click on it to see what the text was. And I was like, 
Ew, yeah. he's so cringy. Like, he's so lame. I, that's all I thought. Like, oh, he's trying to do the Bitcoin thing and be funny or cool, and it's not even him doing it. That's all I really thought. But, wow. Why would he, why else would he say that? We that's, can draw it down. And it's like during a, a pump? Uh, yeah, it was, it was during the Super Bowl. As, as a matter wow. of fact, let's, let's look it up and get the exact text. If you've got a computer in front of me, I don't. So. Oh, and while you're doing that, let me do a, a quick uh, sometime in the near future. We're not sure exactly what day. There's going to be a new spinoff from Free Talk Live called Free Tech Live, where uh, Matt Barney, who's a uh, industrial psychologist and a uh, and a recent student of AI, and I will be uh, attempting to discuss all of the things that I try to discuss occasionally on on Free Talk Live, and people say. Our audience doesn't stopped understanding what you were saying five minutes ago. Um, so that may be interesting for the small fraction of our audience that didn't stop understanding what I was saying five minutes ago. So, so it says in res- so I kind of like how CoinDesk put this. They said to answer the question. So the the title is Did President Biden just endorse Bitcoin? And then um, uh-uh. CoinDesk goes on to say to answer the question, no. President Joe Biden is not suddenly a backer of Bitcoin, but the octogenarian politician's social media team is appropriating the imagery of hardcore, hardcore Bitcoiners after posting an image of the U.S. president with laser eyes on Twitter. And um, they said that he wrote. Um, sorry, I, I lost it. They said that he didn't say that. They said, like, just like we drew it up. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I knew I, ha- I didn't have that quite right. But, you know, obviously, it sounds similar to what you're saying. It it is. It is very similar because it up because really what what I interpret that in is and the reason I made I made the mistake that I did is because what what I what I interpret that as is we can draw it down just like we drew it up. It's almost a threat like he's. Uh, you know, maybe he's maybe he wants Sailor to do something and Sailor isn't doing that thing. It's gross that he's like making a joke on this because he's like not funny. Ew, like this is so stupid. It says that, that this is the ostensible reason they're saying, um, according to Mashable, the meme is a response to a right wing conspiracy theory that the Biden administration would rig the Super Bowl to secure support from billionaires, superstar country singer. Country singer, come on, she's not a country singer anymore. Taylor Swift. And it says, if that doesn't make sense, congrats, you haven't rotted your brain by spending all your free time time online. Yes, right-wingers <laughs> have created this conspiracy theory that those that team, whatever it is, would win the Super... The Kansas City Chiefs would win the Super Bowl just because Taylor Swift is dating the quarterback and then somehow they would um, make Joe Biden win again that way. Yeah. So he's joking on well, that. Well, because she's backing him. She's backing Biden. Yeah, she probably yeah. will. She did last First, time. I got, I got, I got over being disappointed in uh, Taylor Swift in two thousand eight when she endorsed Ron Paul, and then uh, she and, did. Yeah, and then and then withdrew it. Wow, I never heard of that. Um, so yeah, I remember it. Yeah. she endorsed him because she liked that his his uh, pro peace platform, and then it, uh, a lot of fans are like. Aah! And so, no. you know, she's gross. like, oh, never mind. Yeah, she's gross. That's that's a gross thing to do. Having no mm-hmm. principles. Well, if you don't, if you want your singers to sing, then that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I can happily say Lady Gaga is 
you know, one of the greatest female vocalists of our time. Mm-hmm. She has really crappy politics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And the thing is that the, the number of people who can really sing is so small that if you further segregate them by having anything. Taylor Swift can't really, really re- sing. She just talks rhythmically. Uh, sorry. Okay. We're getting into a different discussion. But the whole okay. point I was trying to say was that. I actually like Britney Spears, though. I love Britney enough. Spears. Really? Yes, okay. I love her. I thought I was alone in that. But... I wish that uh, she wasn't crazy now, because she definitely is not going to be normal ever again. I, I kind of like her being crazy. <laughs> um, just, I mean, I'm not happy that she's that she's crazy, but I like her better now that she, now, now that she's crazy, because it means she's got a conscience. Yeah, she's got she's got. You have to have something going on in there to go crazy. If you have nothing going on in there, you can be like Joe Biden. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's such a good point. That's such a good person to bring it back to because Joe Biden is just like, he to me is um, the transformer bad guy who gets kicked off the air. Uh, Except ship. he's less than meets the eye. <laughs> so, which do you know? Do you know the movie? The Transformer movie? No, I never got into that. There's a Transformer movie from the 80s that's animated. The bad guy gets a mutiny on his spaceship, gets thrown out, and he's floating in space. He meets this terrible monster that eats worlds, Omicron, I think. And Omicron sounds right, yeah. Uh, Omicron um, takes this bad guy who has just been mutinied and tells him, like, I'll give you all your power back and everything if you just work for me. And then from then on, he gets his power back, he gets back on his ship and overturns the guy who mutinied him. And any- I don't think mutiny is a transitive verb. Yeah, I, I keep thinking it's probably not, but <laughs> not how it works, but I couldn't think of another That's way to describe it. how any of this works. Well, anyways, um, so the, this bad guy who made a deal with this terrible monster, anytime he's like um, going off the path of the plan that the monster wants him to do the monster can talk directly into his brain and scream at him and be like megatron i think his name is megatron unless that's a good guy whatever wasn't Um, his name elon musk (laughs) no i think it's joe (laughs) biden and and i seriously i'm seeing elon musk talking directly into people's brains and screaming at them once he has his chip in there oh no that one is omicron (laughs) Hmm, maybe that's where elon musk got that idea from though but i just think a lot of the politicians are just like the super bad bad guy they have the the higher up devil which is probably literally like satan or something spiritual in their heads telling them to do their plan and the ones that don't care at all are like joe biden and they're just like well whatever i'll do whatever you want satan and then some of them do go crazy i think they call that the banality of evil (laughs) what exactly is banality uh banality is it's 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 kind of boring it's Hmm. it's base it's trivial Hmm. um it's just you know bleh Hmm. You know, it's not. If you look up banality, it, isn't cool banality like of it is evil is the second one. Something that lacks originality, freshness, or novelty. Yeah, mm. yeah, because the opposite of evil is just life. It's just love, and that's mm-hmm. the only thing that's like evolutionary is going to bring growth. And that's why I just am so against, um, you know, holding down people from their fullest potential. And that's basically what socialism is. And that's why I hate it so much. And that's why we're talking about how bad socialism is and how much it's destroyed Argentina and how 
why I have hope in like the whole world anymore. I know I talk about Javier Malay a lot. If you guys don't want to talk about him, we don't have to, but I think I, I'm happy. I don't know anything about him except I've, I've liked what I've seen uh, of him. And, uh, you know, a couple of his comments in, in Israel weren't really impressive to me, but you know, it, it, they would have bothered me a lot, a lot more if he was governing Israel. Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Mark? Now, I all I think about Javier Malay is is that I I think that a Herculean task has been put before him, and if he's the successful, stables I, of socialism, right? Shoveling out the crap from a hundred years worth of socialist regimes in Argentina. With nobody on his side. I mean, he's got a lot of people on his side. That's the thing. That's the thing that's amazed me. It's like I've seen footage. Now, these could be stage shots. I don't know. I would assume that that successful libertarian politicians would have to do the same sort of things that normal politicians do or they wouldn't become successful so this may be staged but i've seen footage of him getting on airplanes and like people just coming up and shaking his hand fist bumping him you know i mean they probably turn the cameras off when somebody tries to kill him but Mm. uh I think for the most part, he is very well liked. He has good um, like popularity scores or whatever you call it there. We have to find out how he did that because we've been talking about learning how to reach out to the left. And and the thing is, we talked a whole we did a whole show talking about how he did it because, um, you know, Scott from the seacoast um, Shellbanger. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know him from Twitter. I don't know yeah. him by, by face. He's never come out to Keene. He thought that you have to take only back dirt roads to get to Keene. He really thought <laughs> that. He was like, don't you have to take dirt roads? I was like, what? No. Anyways, it's more fun if you do. It's just funny because people on, on the seacoast, just two hours away, it feels like they're like 100 years away for some reason. It's just two I, hours away. Sometime we got to get out to the shell. I've never been there still. I've been once. I've been to a Halloween party there, and it's really nice, and I would totally go again. If Groovy. we have something, I would go Groovy. to. Well, I I never know what's happening. So, it, And with Ian gone, I'm completely lost because right. you know he was the one who always said, hey, this is going on this night. And I, Same. And I'd be like, yeah, I'd love to go. I won't remember. Call me. But I want to uh, end with this uh, quote from him. Javier Malay does blame uh, the backward economic policies of socialism for his plight this um thing that's been put in front of him that is a huge pile of crap that he needs to dig out he says the main leaders of the western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism we're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world rather they are the root cause and that's what he said at davos we should start learning Spanish just in case things go that. south. And then I'm going south. Sick, or free Talk Live. Uh, you can go to freetalklive.com if you'd like to learn more. Thanks for listening and peace. <laughs> you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great 
It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com